Hello, this is Lucan, and this is what happened last time. Back in Rontamin, Zan and Hull discovered pet goblins hiding in the Thieves' Guild. Then we received some disturbing news. Silas Contrari was elected Pope, and the Order of Light, our order, had been torn asunder, and Ithoria had been put in charge. And to make matters worse, our brother Tharabal has gone into hiding, and Merc's brother Tedder has been inflicted with the incurable wounds. And in an effort to let Relop grieve his brother, started the long journey east toward the border wood. A week into the journey, we were attacked by a lone bounty hunter. After we smote him, we found a bloodstone on his person, which allows its bearer to track members of the specific bloodline. Rune in the stone reads, Wolnir. So about a week has passed, and for the last several days, they've all run into each other for you because the scenery has gotten to be very similar. It's actually kind of unique. There is a plant that Relap tells you is called a purple phlox, little purple flowers, and they grow almost like wild vines or something. And they are just covering these hills. And in full bloom, we've reached the end of the season, you know, fall's just coming in. So it's basically purple hills for miles and miles and miles. And there's actually what you think initially are purple foxes that run around in the purple flocks. At closer inspection, they're not really purple. They're more like black, but they just reflect that purple pretty well. But over the last day or two, it's gotten a little bit colder. There was a frost this morning and the flowers are starting to kind of shrivel up and things are turning a little bit more sort of soft greens and yellows. And it seems that those foxes are probably migrating. You keep seeing them move north. It is Octumnum 23rd. You've been on the road since you left Rontzman. It's been about two full weeks. And it's about midday. And there is smoke on the horizon. They, by the way, the, the mountains have gotten to be pretty visible. They're still a little bit hazy. But you're getting closer and closer to the Ungrak Mountains. And there's definitely a column of smoke coming up in the distance. And it's in the direction you're headed, to your east. How big is the smoke plume? Big enough to where you think it is coming from a settlement of some sort. It's, it looks bigger than a like a campfire or something like that. Does anybody have any idea where we are? On the road. Right. The path we have been. Is we, there any settlement or anything? Have we passed the plume uh, river yet? You have not. That'll be pretty close to the mountains. You think you must be getting close, but you have not passed okay. it. Everybody here has an idea of what the Flume River is. It's a river that runs into the Lignavia to the north, quite a ways to the north, but to the north of Princeholm. All right. I guess we just keep pushing onward. I don't. Are we? Are we considered still in Pyrian lands, or are we back into Lucite territory in the realm? Technically, this is probably Lucite lands, but this is pretty remote. Like you're okay. not really. You guys aren't on a road. You guys are following. You're just going through the hills. I guess we approach it cautiously. I'm not sure what's out here. Oh, we always approach everything with an air of caution. Hmm. But I get it. We're supposed to be extra cautious. Got it. Could be a wandering Padrack horde. I don't know how far west they travel, but they're yeah, not uncommon. The whole mm. mountain range is rife with them. Do they create settlements? Not anything permanent. They're kind of nomadic like we were. We're likely not to run into one of them. We're likely to run into several of them if we do. I would imagine if we ran into one, we'd find 
more than a handful. They're tunnelers okay. too. They don't like sunlight. Okay. Oh, I just took out my daylight spell. I guess it's daylight anyway. A couple more hills and you can see that it is a settlement. It looks as though it's been torched. <laughs> oh, that's not great. Like it's a little hamlet, a little town. Probably see if we can assist them in some way. Right there, Lucan. We're going to go help people. Like we always Sounds do. Sounds good. I'm a little surprised by Hog. You feeling no, okay? Oh no, there's some there's some sarcasm there. Oh, okay. It's yeah. not appreciated. Don't get too surprised. Let's take a look. I don't know if this is a scenario we help with. Yeah, sure. Maybe they used to have a store. You come up on this town, it's definitely been attacked, burnt. You know, a lot of the buildings were roofed with thatch, and so kind of a tinderbox if somebody wanted to throw a torch up there. There's still sort of a forge, kind of an open air forge. It had sort of a metal hood, and that's pretty close to the center of town. It looks like the there's a well that has actually something's been poured into it, like it's been ruined. And most of the buildings are either down or just charred remains. As you look around, you don't really find really any bodies. Like this place has been cleared of the people that lived here. Do Padraks eat people? I haven't encountered that, but I mean, it wouldn't yeah, surprise not, me. Not in his experience. There are lots of boot prints, and you also see hoof prints, and then some paws, but you also don't see any dogs anywhere. Go ahead and roll investigation. Really, anybody that wants to. I'm assuming they're going to kind of look around a yeah. little bit. Four. <laughs> I want to use uh, Divine Sense, which gives me the 60-foot uh, detect in Celestial or Undead. All right. Investigation 23. Yeah, I got a 15, so... I got a 13. There's not a lot to work with because it's the place is so burnt down, but it becomes pretty clear. Hulk is the first to point it out. But it becomes pretty clear that this settlement must have had medium-sized and small-sized inhabitants because there are it's sort of a remnant of a couple of doors and things where it's like there's a small door and a, and a large door so you don't know if this is maybe like halflings or gnomes that possibly lived here among humans or something like that mark did my divine sense trigger anything it didn't mark you're kind of walking by the forge and you get a weird feeling from destiny like the sword gives you a weird sensation and you notice that the gem on the hilt is completely blank you know how it gets darker without any blood it's like empty which actually doesn't make sense to you because you just ran it across your arm you know relatively recently but you just get kind of a strange feeling from it almost like a vibration that you feel in your chest but you have a sense that it's coming from your sword you know it's when i was next to the forge Mm -hmm. and then you get another sort of sensation and you kind of reach into your pouch and it's that bloodstone and you realize that the bloodstone is the same size as the stone on the end of your sword. And you get kind of a weird sensation that that sword wants this stone. Huh. Is there a, a way to pry that gem out and reset it with the bloodstone? Yeah, because and there's a forge right there. And, you, and there's tools that, have, you know, they're scattered and things. But you could light this forge back up mm-hmm. and it wouldn't take more than an hour's work probably to get that thing popped off and put, put the other one on. I think I'll go ahead and do that. Everybody starts hearing noises as he's lighting up the forge. What are you doing, Merc? Following a feeling. Uh, something tells me I need to do a little bit of work here. We still have to find out what happened here. What... I don't know if this place is safe yet. Are there any uh, burrow holes or anything like that around that Padrax came out of around here? 
Oh, good question. Yeah, you move right now. Roll your investigation. I rolled a seven. You definitely think they came from the east, but that's about what you got from it. Maybe somebody make a survival check. I got a 24 on survival. Yeah, you think whatever it was came from the east and then went back east. Like they went the way you're going. Do we recognize the tracks? Does anybody know what these are? You see boots, paws, and hooves. Kind of has to relap. Relap, what do Padraks have for legs? They have feet or do they have like, they have tails? I, I don't really know. They're little mini dragons. Yeah, so they have tails. They're reptilian. Do these things wear boots? They I, just walk around barefoot. They're primarily barefoot, at least the ones I've encountered. Relap, okay. go ahead and make a nature check as you look at the tracks. Yep, yep. 25. You actually realize it's been a really long time since you've even thought of these things, but there's a lot of them in the Great Wood. You actually think these are knoll tracks. Are they common to the peaks or? You don't think on this side of the peaks that that would that seems odd to you, but you know that they're they're definitely in the wood. Right. They, they, Kinda... Occasionally they come into the border wood, but they typically stay to the the Great Wood itself. They're probably a little more towards the Ungdrak, where the border wooden meets up to it there. They shouldn't be down this far south. Well, if you look at where you are, if you were to look at the map, mountain range kind of juts down a little bit. So Yeah, yeah, you know, something. The assumption is that they would go, they would have went all the way around the mountains to get here. Something mm-hmm. seems to be driving these things. So you're saying more than likely there's some more intelligent leader leading these people. I don't know about necessarily leader, but something is pushing him this direction, which is not normal. Well, well, maybe they push this direction because they're hungry. Could be lack of food, but I don't know. I'm going to sit down and just kind of start thumbing through that spell book that I got and just kind of wait until Merc's done. Stop hearing the clanging. Aside from the forge, is there anything of note in this village that would stand out to anybody? Not really this one, other than the fact that it definitely seems like there was probably halfling families living with human families, is your impression. Most of it is really burnt down. Lucan, go ahead and make one more investigation check. Make it with advantage since everybody else is kind of looking to. A 17. You do find a couple of masks. The first one you find is kind of burnt up and it doesn't really register. Then you find one that's relatively intact. You realize the date. It's October 23rd. And what you find is these are wolf masks. They didn't come with the, the raiding party or whatever that was. You think that they were they were in this town, like they, maybe they came off of the people that were there. And then you kind of, knowing what you saw, you start looking around a little bit, and you realize that every year there's a festival of wolves in which people kind of get dressed up as wolves and they carve gourds and pumpkins and things. And it's sort of a, a little bit like a Halloween where it's about sort of shooing off evil spirits or something, you know. And it still gets done in... Prince Holm and everything, but it's, you know, nobody takes it very seriously. It's just, it's for fun more than anything. But the Feast of Wolves is on Octomnum 13th. And so you think this must, that kind of gives you a little bit of a time frame here. This is maybe a week ago. Lucan walks out with the mask in his hand and he says, Hey, Hulk, I found another mask for you. And he tosses it to him. I step out of the way. Zan will pick it up and look at it. (laughs) Hulk says, what did that do? Scare you, Hulk? Jeez thought you were tougher than that. You haven't seen the things I've seen. Is this from the Feast of Wolves? That not that already happened? Yeah, I believe that happened about a week ago. Whatever happened, happened around the celebration time? Doesn't mean that whatever happened is around celebration time, but they still had a mask with them. It's not like all the masks would just disappear after that day. True. So, so we think it's Knowles? 
Time will tell. If we just start cheese, we'll find out. All right. Are we waiting for Merc to finish his forge job? I think we are I waiting for Merc. Probably yes. for the best. To make sure. All right. No looting the houses until we know these people are actually dead. Okay. <sighs> that makes it better. Well, it's gonna delay him a little bit, at least. She's saying that to Holg to Lucan. <laughs> okay. Lucan's well, gonna go over and check on Merc, I guess. Well, while they're checking on Merc, I'm going to slip away. <laughs> so, we notice him slip away. That's, <laughs> good luck. Can make make a roll. Natural roll 20, nine. 29. Ah, uh, 26. Yes. Mm. All and right. So you notice him slipping off. Which direction is he going? I'm actually going to go to see what sort of like church setup they had. Oh, okay. She's going to see him go, but she's not going to do anything about it or say anything sure. to anybody. You think you find uh, one of the buildings, you know, it's not a huge place. It's just, just a little hamlet. And in fact, the biggest buildings that were there, you get the impression they were probably, you know, barns or sheds. But you do find the remnants of a building that looks like it might have been set up like a church. Find some benches in it that are facing one direction. There's a raised platform, or at least there was, you know, it's kind of a burnt out frame of one towards the front. And there is a blackened sword that happens to be laying in in the mass towards the front of it. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go up, kind of inspect that sword a little bit more. Just looks battle-worn and heavily used. Yeah, well, it actually looks like when you get it, there's some sort of spike that's been through it or, you know, like a, a kind of a screw and a nut that was apparently holding it to the wall. Okay. Kind of at the hilt. Hmm. No engravings on it or anything. It's just kind of a... Oh uh, no, Mm-mm. and it's not not really much of a sword either. It's not even like lucite steel. Like if it's a if it was a lucite church, which is possible, they didn't even have a lucite sword to use. Okay, is there like some sort of collection box or anything still? <laughs> uh, no, I don't think I don't think there really is. Okay, well, I am going to actually walk up to what I would assume somewhat like the altar pulpit type area, and up there I will actually take out a piece of paper. And write a note to the villagers, any that survived this. I hope this helps. And I'm going to leave a bag with uh, 150 gold in it. Nice. And just kind of like tuck it up into the altar. And yeah, so my note will basically indicate I would like them to use this gold towards rebuilding the city. And I hope that me and my companions can find some means to avenge what happened here. Very and then I'm going to kind of like tuck it behind if there's something like on the altar or something. I'm going to just kind of like tuck it. Yeah, there's rubble there. You can kind of stick it in between a couple of boards or something like that. Okay. And, and I your will... Hand, your hands uh, are just full of soot by the time yeah. you walk out of there. I'll, I'll pick up that sword and like lean it against the altar as well. And then I'll head my way back, stopping to see if there's any sort of general store merchant area. Yeah, you know, it, there's it's so burnt out. Okay. You don't really find much of anything like that. Probably was there, but it's just torched the whole city. Right. Okay. And then I'll head back to the group. All right. You come back to see that Merc is kind of holding his sword up and inspecting his work as he stands at the forge. He didn't have proper gloves, so he's sort of singed a little bit, you know, and the gem on the end of it, if you look really closely at it, the little squiggle in it says we'll near, but once it's attached to destiny, it lights up with that sort of bright red mm-hmm. color. It's not literally lit, but, you know, it just the gem before always went from black to orange to red. And now this thing is pretty vibrantly red. 
And Merc, you now have a feeling that the blood that's in this stone is from now on going to feed destiny. So you don't have to keep cutting your arms. Excellent. Oh, oh darn. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a typical uh, Merc response. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if he ever had a baby, he'd be like, eh, a baby. <laughs> although, although Merc, you're, init- you're officially scarred for life on that arm, right? Like you're... Your off, off arm, forearm is just going to have these tracks for the rest of your life. So I'm gauging by <laughs> the appearance of that sword right now, we're good to get back on the road. Sure. Where'd you go to? Around. Mm-hmm. What's up with your sword? Well, it's uh, self-powered now. Oh, the stone cool. still works, oh, by the way, yeah. Merc, too. So like you can sense the nearest near. At this point, it's still Prince Holm. Because it's just downriver from where you guys are, really. But now you can do it just holding the sword. You don't have to. When I have to track down my brother, it'll be super oh, useless. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> Don asked, did you just say that would be useless? Yeah. Do you know how many Waldners are in Woods End? Okay. So your yeah. family likes to party, I guess. It's better than nothing, but there's my older brother, Saeed. I haven't really talked about him, but he's there. He runs the mill. There's my father. And then, not to mention, I still have three younger, well, my twin sister and two younger sisters there. So that's exactly why we have to get there fast, so we can make sure that they're all safe from your brother. I have a feeling the one that he went after was Tedder, because he is almost the polar opposite of him. Khan says, I just said that in the the recap, so we know that's true. (laughs) Way to break the third wall. Nice. (laughs) But it wouldn't surprise me if you used one of them as well. Mm. The road we go. All right, we're going to keep heading east, yeah. the, follow the tracks, see where what happened. Yeah, we can see if we can't track these guys down. It's in the direction we're heading, at least. Yeah. Get back on your horses and start following the hills. They get less and less purple. And it's not hard to follow the trail, really. They're not trying to hide. They're not trying to be stealthy. Follow that trail for a couple of days, and then on the third day, it's been a pretty cold morning, and the mountain has actually become clear. You're close enough to where you can make out the mountain in the distance. It's not just some big blue thing. And you come over a hill eventually, probably at this point, I guess, about maybe nine in the morning, and there's an encampment beyond a river. It's the biggest river you've seen since you were in Prince Holt. And there's actually an old bridge running across it. And I don't mean old rickety, I mean like an old stone suspension bridge that's probably been there since the first empire. And beyond that, there is a kind of a niche in the side of the mountain. And there's what was probably a mine at one point, but it's been long collapsed. But in front of that, in this little sheltered sort of alcove in the side of the mountain on the other side of the river, there's a bunch of ruins, there's a few pillars and arches and things like that. This was apparently some sort of settlement once, but there's an encampment there. You can see a fire going, and it's a pretty big fire, like a bonfire. And you see that long before you see anybody there. Like it's, you know, you see the light as you get close enough. And says, Relop, do you think you could send Tucker out that way to take a look, see what's over there? Tucker's currently a squirrel, but I can scout ahead and see what I can find here. Cast Polymorph on myself, turn into just a crow. Nice. <laughs> or whatever the local birds are. Sure, yeah, there'd be crows. Fly over to the abandoned mine, 
Is that kind of in the shot of the encampment there? Yeah, it's in the shadow of what used to be a mine. Fly over there and take a look and see what I can find out. Find a perch of a mine shaft yeah. and say nevermore. Right, exactly. I like it. So, you definitely see gnolls, and you've seen them before. Merc probably has dealt with gnolls before, or at least heard stories of gnolls from the border wood. I don't think anybody else has probably dealt with them directly, but it's that, you know, they're one of those creatures. They're not fairy tale creatures that nobody believes exist. Like, they know there are gnolls out there in the woods. So, a bunch of these dog looking humanoids, they're all tearing at meat around this bonfire. There's one that has black wolf's pelt on. Otherwise, the rest of them, they all have shoddy insect infested, you know, flies zipping around them with this hide armor. Most of them have pretty basic weapons, but they do have things like literally like hands hanging from their belts. And there's a couple of human heads that have been sort of set around as trophies and you know, the hair tied together and just kind of nastiness. How fresh are the uh, heads and whatnot? They actually look pretty old, the ones you're seeing. You know, like they're definitely eating something. And there are a couple of, one wagon there and it's it's got a tarp over it and so you imagine that maybe there's some you know whatever they're eating or if they have prisoners that that's a, that seems like a reasonable spot for them they do also, there are also a couple of other things of note there is a wolf there that's big and has little horns on it and kind of reddish eyes it looks a lot like the wolves that you guys fought outside of the harris ranch and they have it tethered to a stake it's their prisoner or their pet one way or another and then there's also, and he's just sitting and he's actually eating as well, but there's a big figure there, like the size of an ogre, but he looks more like a bull, oh. only humanoid, big long horns. He uh, is also wearing wolf's pelt, and he's eating some sort of meat as well, and he has a very large trunk next to him. Like it's his, whatever weapon he has is pr- not like a proper weapon. It's like a club, big, like a makeshift yeah, club. Yep, some big tree he ripped out and he uses it as a club. But he is actually on a chain as well. So the wolf and the minotaur looking thing are both chained up. I'm going to flutter around a little bit and see if I can't get a feel for numbers of the gnolls and everything. Just kind of get an accurate count. You count 10 gnolls total and then the wolf and the bull man. Okay. And then is that including the uh, that leader that you were talking about with the... Yes. Oh, yep. okay. Nine generic bad guys and then the ogre wolf and the... Presumably. Unless, unless the guy just has a nice pelt. Sure, sure. Okay. <laughs> it's just going to be a regular dude. Okay. All right. <laughs> the unassuming uh, one will be the guy that's in charge, right? Hang out for a little bit and then uh, flutter off, circle back around to everybody. Go ahead and roll your stealth. Just they want to pop shot at you or something. Uh, 17. Uh, I don't know what a crow's dexterity modifier is. You do notice one of them kind of look up at you, and then he just kind of keeps at it. Nobody really does anything. They do, by the way, have bows. You, you know the, the gnolls, it seems pretty typical that they have a long bow with them. Maybe not all of them, but you definitely see long bows and then personal weapons. I'll just kind of fly around and kind of get a general lay for... How far is the uh, camp from the bridge? It's on the other side of the river, so there's even a few of them that are right up along the bridge. Like, they're not covering the far end of the bridge, your end of the bridge. They're right at the other side of the bridge. Oh, okay. So, like, as soon as you get off the bridge, they're, the camp's there? Yes. Yep. Okay. Cool, cool. All right. And how uh, is this, like, a 
flat bridge or is one the, is this one of those arc? Oh, it's flat. Yeah, it's a it's a flat stone bridge. It's like a suspension bridge in the sense that there's like an archway underneath it. But it, there's no like lift at the top or like it's not higher in the middle or anything. Nope. Okay. Pretty flat. I mean, you know, it okay. might be bowed slightly, but it's more or less flat. For our purposes, it's flat. Fly up river a little bit, see if there's any other like easier paths around or anything. To get right. to them or to get around them? Uh, well, both. Just to see if there's any other close bridges that we could get to the other side. No, you, so we're not fighting on you the bridge. You think it gets worse yeah. upriver? You think okay. that downriver might actually be the better route to try to find passage? Or, or <laughs> you know, if you had to, you could go around. But if you go to okay. the north, it's going to be awfully hard to get around the... You're on the southern end of this range. And right. So right. Going north would probably not be your route. Take in everything and fly back to the group and drop polymorph. Well, I found the source of the uh, smoke across the river there. Oh? Looks like the gnolls have made camp on the far side. Gon says, did the gnolls have any people with them? Yes, they did have some people with them. I don't think they were alive, but they definitely had people with them. Hmm. Well, that makes it easy. Yeah, it does. There's a cart that's got a tarp over it. I couldn't see what was inside it, but... I didn't see any like movement on the cart, but I don't know if there were if there was anyone in there or not. So how many knolls were there? There were nine with a leader, like some sort of bull slash ogre crossbreed thing that was on a chain, and a pretty decent sized wolf on a chain as well. Would we have heard of what a bull like man type thing is? Is there legends or lores about that? You know, I don't think so. They're basically like a minotaur, right? But yeah. I don't know that they're... I don't think that would really be part of the... It'd be, it'd be something a little bit new to you guys, I think. All right. All right, how do we proceed? How do we want to tackle this? Is there a good way to get to them without being seen, Relop? I couldn't see anything, really. It looks like all of the gnolls had bows with them, so... So we're just going to have to cross maybe in the cover of night. Does anybody know if these things can see people in the dark? They prefer the night, the best of my knowledge. Oh, that's not good news. Well, they were pretty active. I'm going to tell you, I think we just go over to the bridge, fire bell everything that's in sight, and mop up what's left. Merc, you're saying we we just don't even worry about going at night, just go. Going hard, going fast. Hmm. They were eating when I was uh, watching, right? Yeah. You know, how long will it take us to get to that site? I was going to say. Uh, if you guys started moving forward on horse, you would probably be there in 15, 20 minutes. Well, does everybody agree to just go full ablaze right now, or do you guys want to come up with any other ends? I don't think sneaking at night is going to make a difference, but if we want to sneak, we could try during the day to get closer before we launch an attack. I would say, if anything, we probably have our best bet to try and get to them at dawn. Why dawn? I mean, if they're active at night, then if, that's when they would be going to sleep. It makes I sense. I like that. They have to sleep sometime, so... Mm-hmm. Well, Relop says they're active now, so... Well, also, I'm going to point out they're just eating, so they could be bedding down or something, too. Wouldn't be a bad time to attack them right now. At the moment, what's the time of day? Nine in the morning. They could be bedding down for the night. For the day. <laughs> right, yeah. If you'd like, I could go check on them again. 
I'd say, yeah, maybe one more check just to see. Because if it looks like they're bedding down, then yeah, this would be a great time to go what, Why don't we take a little break and maybe uh, check on them in an hour just to see where they're at? Yeah. That should give them time to get bedded down for the night if that's what they're doing. Con says that's a good idea. I like that idea. Meantime, we can start to push forward a little bit and our horses for where they're going to stay out of sight. I think we're better staying here. It's not that Relop's going to need any additional time for getting in closer, and we can come in plenty fast on a horse. It says if they're sleeping, we're not going to be running in with horses, right? Because we want to have the element of surprise. The surprise will be ruined when we blow them up with fireballs. Did you say there were lookouts at the bridge, though? Well, their camp is pretty much on the other side of the bridge. Like, as soon as you oh. step foot on land, it's their camp. Okay. Deal with them with one way or another, so... Yeah, I think if we could, if you don't mind taking an hour, I can regain that ability and check on them again, see what's going on, and we can kind of plan accordingly. Sure. If they're <laughs> the ones that took out that village, those people deserve justice, and we can deliver that by taking these nulls out. Yeah. I'd say you would agree with that. I guess I would think we would want to get closer to the bridge. Then you could do the flyover and come back so that when we're ready to go, we can just go versus waiting 50 sure. or 20 minutes. Sure. Well, but I mean, it's, you know, it's going to be a 15 minute approach. I'm also going to point out the closer we get, the more likely we are going to be to to be seen. We're safe here. There's no point in going closer. Well, being five minutes away versus 15 to 20 minutes away is. Sure. No, it's not going to let it be seen either. Yeah. It really doesn't matter. We can stay here. Uh, It's fine. It doesn't really matter for. We could also get closer after Relop does his flyover. Sure, like, go ahead. As he's doing the flyover, we, we move up. Yeah, once I do Arcane Recovery, I'll go back into Polymorph and go make another pass. So about 10 a.m. Then I think the group agreed to move up. So we're about five minutes out from them at this point. So I'm just going to go ahead and fly on up and circle around to that same spot over the mine. Just kind of see what all has changed in the hour, hour 15. Well, actually, about half of them are sleeping about an hour later. Like, you do see that they have found a spot to curl up in, laying around there snoring, and their little legs are shaking like a dog's. The bull is also sleeping, just laying straight back on his back. And the wolf is kind of curled up, but doesn't look to be asleep. It actually kind of looks up at you with its red eyes. It's looking into your soul. Run. The wolf knows. He knows. Is that leader guy with the uh, pelt sleeping? He is not. Okay. Uh, He is talking to a couple of his friends there, the few that are awake, and there's actually a couple of them rolling dice, and he seems to be amused by whatever's happening between them, and they're all hitting at each other and biting at each other. And What's the distance between the two ends of the bridge? Probably about 60 feet. It's not that wide right here compared to other parts of the flume. So roughly, just guessing, it's about 80 feet from one end of the bridge to pretty much anywhere in the camp? I mean, like I said, they're pretty close to the end of that, so probably not a full 80. And you said that a handful of the gnolls were playing dice and later was watching them? And Mm -hmm. everyone else is asleep, is that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Maybe four awake. Do they have any lookouts whatsoever on the bridge? No, they're just sitting around there. They're in a pretty good spot, right? Because they've got this little alcove just leads to this mine that doesn't seem to exist anymore. And then they've got the bridge. So there's, as far as they are concerned, it's one entrance to where they are. 
I'm going to go ahead and make a, another kind of wide arc back to everyone who's kind of moved up by this point. All right, I'll uh, just kind of scratch in the uh, dirt. That'll work. <laughs> It'll take a little longer, but yeah, I'll just let them know that four up, five sleeping, and then uh, no bowl. Can I kind of etch that out in common or something? I'm trying to imagine how that would look on a hill. <laughs> It's not wet sand, right? No, I mean, if if I need to, I can I can recast it. I just somebody roll their. How about like roll your perceptions and see if you can figure out what the heck he's saying? Everybody, there you go. Yeah, right. did not roll well. <laughs> Come on, it's obvious. I got twenty three. <laughs> there are three Z's. What else could that mean, people? I got twenty six. Ten. All right. <laughs> All right. Hulk and Zan are like, oh, I, yeah, I get it. Okay, so some are awake, some are asleep. Looks like the bull's sleeping. And <laughs> the other people are like, what are you talking about? How did you get that out it's of right that? It's right there. See the three Zs and three or five? It's right there. Lucana asked, did Relap ever say how close these things are to the water? He said they were right next to it. So he I would imagine 10, 20 feet. did say just across the bridge. So. And how wide is um, this river? 80. Because I can... Apparently, uh, apparently, Holg and Zan know exactly what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Khan says, hey, would it be worth Holg and I going into the river and setting up some type of ambush as you guys come in? I don't know if there's really going to be time to ambush. It would avoid a potential choke point, but yeah. if you fireball on the far side of the river, which I think that spell has range across that river, what is it going to matter? I mean, we could stay on this side and choke point them on the bridge. Well, if they were smart, they would just shoot across the river with the longbows. Yes. Because that's what I would do. And keep their melee on that side? It sounds like it was a good mix of weapons between them. So I would just archer us and try to get and bait us across the river. Okay. If, if we, we fireball them and kill all the archers, then, it won't, then they'll come across. Or we charge and meet them on the bridge. It doesn't matter. Okay. Which I'm just making plans. I think if we could fireball it, it'll allow us to gain a foothold on the far side. They're not going to be able to respond necessarily as quickly as us running across the bridge, especially if you stay mounted until we get across the river. All right. Okay, I'm going to uh, fly back to my perch over the mine and wait and just kind of keep an eye out on the uh, horizon for reinforcements. <laughs> so we're going to ride towards the bridge, I guess, at full speed. The melee people are going to cross. I will lob a fireball as they're crossing the bridge into the camp. Relop is going to launch a fireball from the tree, and then we're going to start combat. So that will be our proceeding. Sounds like plan. All right. So everybody's going for Go ahead and roll your initiatives if you haven't already. Mm-hmm. Get that set up. Before we start the combat, I'm going to give a shield of faith to Olg and make him glow for an armor class of yeah. 22. Oh, man. Khan, you're coming in. Effectively, you come up over a hill tried to be a little strategic about your approach as you came over so just about the time you almost at the front of that bridge is when you're very clearly visible to that encampment across the way so i'm effectively going to start you guys on the far end of the bridge i'm i am going to go with our great plan of charging forward and waking everyone up and being outnumbered a lot (laughs) Mm -hmm. so that's what we decided on on a horse what are we going 60 Yes, I think that's yes. right. 
So you're you're really gonna end up because of the dis. Yeah, that might be where the bridge was, but you got to get from the far side to the other side where they actually are. So you're not gonna quite get with just a just a horse move there of sixty. You're not gonna get quite in melee. That actually works out for us so that they can launch launch fireballs. So mm -hmm. I'm gonna use my sticker weapon ability to give me plus three my attack for a minute. I can use it once All a right. day. All right. So Lucan's at the front of the charge hold it your turn i'm just gonna continue and follow up behind lucan got your meat shield yeah <laughs> okay fine i am but <laughs> you are it's okay there's no shame in that <laughs> shield number so two get up here for the knolls that are kind of closest to the end of the bridge they're relatively close to Lucan and Relop at this point all stop what they're doing because they were the ones that were all in a pack playing dice and they're going to charge up to the front and they basically they just kind of try to clog up the end of the bridge right so you end up with four of them a line of gnolls right there in front of the horses and they're charging up with their spears they just grab them and, and run forward kind of slavering their teeth are all you know just imagine dogs right like they're these dog people that are coming in for the attack so luke and hog they'll each get a swing after you like it'll be two and two okay it's two of them hit two of them miss and each so each of you are going to end up with a spear strike from it i'll use my reaction for uncanny dodge luke i'm going to take four points of damage and have you only take one point of damage <laughs> it's all right i'll take it the other gnolls all kind of get up and grab their bows and they kind of moving themselves around trying to get find a little bit of cover and so that wagon for instance is something that they're using you've got one on each side that has a bow and they're trying to get sort of partial cover from that get the four up in front there so that's six of them the others one of them goes over and unshackles the bull and another one he doesn't have a whole lot of place to go so he just sort of stands behind the fire or he kind of kneels down on one knee and starts to get his bow ready and i think there's a couple that are gonna have to do that if i'm doing my math right here so you've got a few that are out in the open you've got a few that are finding some cover and then you've got four that are right up front the big guy is wearing that pelt that john was pointing out ha hasn't quite moved yet the bull, once it's loosed, it actually charges up, and Lucan, it's going to charge at you. And it's coming kind of like Please. a bull would, horns down. It's grabbed its big club, and so when it comes to you, the idea is it's going to try to hit you or possibly you and Hole with that club. Does it and run it, over know, any of those knolls in between them? It hasn't gotten to them yet. Oh, gosh. So this is what happens. So it comes up, and this thing's large size. So it comes up. It really doesn't affect the knolls too much. You know, it just sort of, you know, might bump them around a little bit, but it's not. The weapon end of this thing is higher than they are, and you're on horseback. And so he, when he comes up, he actually hits you with both the club and the horns. Like, he, it's like one after the other. Go ahead and make a strength saving throw, Lucan. So I rolled an eight. You get knocked off of your horse. You take 40 points of damage. And just bam, you kind of fall back, knocks you to the bridge. You know, you're not falling off the bridge or anything like that because of the angle, but he hit you good. I actually rolled a nat 20, like he critted on you. So that was its turn though, and now it's Zan. So that guy is in front with four knolls and where Holg is? 
So she's going to launch the fireball just past the Minotaur so that the fireball goes up, consumes the gnome, the gnolls sure. plus him, and then whatever extra gnolls in the back she can hit with a 20-foot radius. Yeah, if you put it a little bit to your right, you can sure. probably catch the couple that are standing over by the, by the fire. Okay. I'm imagining you don't necessarily want to drop it on where that uh, wagon is, which is a little bit to your left. No, she's, she's trying to avoid that. She doesn't know what's in there. All right, so, so next checks on that. Yep, 17, and I got a 27 for the Go damage ahead, on that, yeah. so it'll be 13 halved. And then she'll move up to the middle of the bridge and be in the middle of the bridge and hop off Siana there. Okay. So I used up all my good rolls on that one attack because, wow, cool. those were cool. all really terrible. Good 27, stuff. right? Yep, 27. Minotaur's dead, yeah. <laughs> 27 points. <laughs> it's easy. Lame. <laughs> Kirk, you're right. This is easy. It's super easy. Barely an inconvenience. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Total of 10 gnolls, and this white fireball blasts behind the front line there a little bit off to the right, and by the end of it, there are only three gnolls still there. She torches seven gnolls in one blow. Is the leader still there, that black pelt guy? Yeah. Just curious uh, so where he was. Kind of cleared the path too. The Minotaur's still standing there, but the gnolls up front all just dropped and screeched and whimpered, a uh, dog getting kicked or something. You the, monster. The, now you have the you have guy in the pelt who's you know a little bit further back, a little bit more like by the wagon. Sure. And then there are the two that are behind the wagon that have their bows ready and they're mm-hmm. trying to get some cover. And then you've still got you know whatever that if that wolf's uh, a problem for us. Which and we don't know yet. Front. And she wants to be about 20 feet away from the Minotaur. Merc, you're up. How wide is the bridge? Can I get past the other two? Uh, Lucan and Hulk. Yeah, Lucan got knocked away. So it's really just Hulk standing there. Oh, take my horse. Charge up, push its way into like where uh, Lucan was. I'll take a swing at this Minotaur. Does a 26 hit. It does. And then I'm going to uh, do a menacing attack with this as well. 22 points of damage, DC 16. Yeah, put some safe or be frightened of me. As you get closer, you know, it, it does smell like a cow and you can almost feel its hot breath on you coming down from this big face. You do see too, you didn't, couldn't tell from far away, but it does have a little bit of a red light in its eyes, much like the wolf. Mm-hmm. And you've seen that before with some of the different animals and things like that. As you hit it, try to look as, as tough as you can with it. And when you stagger it back, it does actually look like it does not want to deal with Merc anymore. So it seems to be frightened. It's not probably gonna move towards Merc and will probably have some disadvantage to its attacks for the time being. My second attack does an 18 hit. It does. And we'll go ahead and make that a, a pushing attack. So it rolls me a DC 16 strength jack or get pushed back 10 feet. 15 points of damage. Passes a strength test, even with his disadvantage. Hit it again. It uh, it definitely doesn't look like it wants to continue fighting you. Okay, relap, you're up. You're looking at the backs of two gnolls that are partially hidden from the rest of the group. They have some cover, at least. Uh, you can see the one with wolf pelt. His back is to you as well, and you can see the wolf, and then the Minotaur is fighting Merc and Holg at the bridge. Okay, did I see any damage get dealt to that leader with the fireball? Um, Encompassed by that? You think that he caught part of it? 
he was right on the edge of it sort of thing so he kind of that's sure. he got up and kind of staggered backwards a little bit he's on his feet i'm gonna go ahead and pull out a small piece of fur and mutter something under my breath as i pull out three silver pins so, are you and, are you still perched up there can i get down from it or is it like a yeah you get like for okay. your movement right but you, like right, right. can you just can you just drop polymorph at, at will sort of thing or yeah i figured i would I, I was gonna like as soon as i saw him coming up i was Come gonna over drop the hill. it okay yeah, so. all right fair i want to see if like real life is like hanging up here above the door you know what i mean or if he's on the right or what that looks like clamor my way down to the floor there and pull out the uh fur and the three pins and i'm gonna need the ogre the leader guy with the wolf pelt and the wolf to make a dc 17 dexterity save somewhat surprisingly the minotaur was the one that passed the wolf and the other null did not so a bolt of lightning comes out of Relop's hands, hits the uh, guy with the pelt, and arcs mm-hmm. over to the wolf. And the wolf, or the leader and the wolf, are going to take 34 points of lightning wow. damage. And the ogre and one of the other gnolls is going to take 17. So all this lightning just sort of strikes around the group and just kind of lights it up. You know, everybody's almost squints against their will for just a minute. And you hear a bunch more yelling, you know, this kind of whimpering sound from these dog-like gnolls. And the bull actually roars a little bit and staggers backwards and falls to the ground. Huge thump. And then that tree that he was using falls next to him and he's out. The one on the wolf pelt actually jumps over almost one movement in a sense. He just sort of leaps and he gets onto the back of that wolf. As he's doing that, he slices the tether that was holding the wolf down and the wolf bounds towards the group where the minotaur just, you know, just kind of runs over the minotaur into the group. And as that wolf gets closer, guys, you can definitely see Relop didn't really give you details on the wolf, but this wolf does look a lot like those wolves from the Harris Ranch. It's not a normal wolf. Got these red eyes. Um, There's little nubby horns coming out of its head. Great, 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 great. And they're both going to attack at the front here, which basically means their targets are effectively Merc and Holg. And so this guy is wielding. So once, once he gets up close, he pulls out these two swords and they look like they're big, almost like jagged teeth. They're just made of bone possibly. And they're kind of stained yellow and maybe a little bit bloody. And he just starts swiping kind of like a madman, just flinging these swords around at the two of you. So he's going to go after... Is it Merkin Holg there up front? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to throw a warding flare at the one on Holg. Ooh, warding flare worked. <laughs> he actually rolled a one on his second hit. So all three, he had three hits, three attacks, and all three of them were going to hit, and then that, that one he rolled a one on the re-roll. Okay. So, hold, you're okay, but Merc, you're going to take a couple of hits. Yeah. So as these come in, they are going to do some damage, but they're also going to make you do some DC checks. So you need to make a wisdom saving throw, and you need to make a... 16 on the wisdom. wisdom and a con check. Okay, so you pass the wisdom. Khan's probably a good chance you'll pass it too, since... Yeah, it was only a 22. Man. Okay. I'm going to roll some damage here. Between the two, he just gets you for 20 slashing damage. But you really don't like the looks of these things. And he doesn't look right either. Like, his eyes are kind of red. You don't see that on the rest of the gnolls, but there's something weird with this one. All right, so excellent. I would like to use my reaction at this point to sit and strike him, because he did attack Hulk. Yeah, yeah, he did. That'll be a 25 to hit. 
That'll hit. 14 points of damage. Slash him back. He doesn't seem to care much either. You know, like you definitely hurt him, but he's a little bit crazy eyed. There's something weird going on with this knoll. He's definitely different from the rest of them. The wolf is also going to be able to take a bite as well. And so he will also go after Merc. Uh, oh, but you kind of fend him off. So this big bite comes your way and he misses. All right, Lucan, we're back at the top. It's your turn. Right now, there's just kind of the big boss man and the wolf left. There are a couple of gnolls in the background, back with the wagon. Lucan's going to get up, and all of a sudden, there's a huge crack of thunder, and he's going to swipe at that wolf, and that crack of thunder is the spell uh, Thunderous Smite. trying to knock him. Knock him backwards uh, if he doesn't make his check. So 25 to hit. That'll hit. The Divine Smite this bad boy all the way up to third level. Is the wolf a fiend? It does count, yeah. Ooh, baby. 37 points of damage on the hit. And then it has to make a check. Strength of 15. Otherwise, he gets thrown back 10 feet away and gets knocked down. Yeah, he did not do that. All right, so comes up and just boom. Thunder crack hits this thing with Lucan's sword. Blasts it backwards. And it falls to its side and kind of scampers to get itself back up. In the process, the rider also hits the ground next to him. You don't know whether you took any real damage out of that or anything, but it definitely got your payback for getting knocked off your horse. You got him <laughs> down okay. next to him as well. That Thunderous Smite does drop the Shield of Faith, and Lucan's going to take his second attack on the knoll that's on the ground. You'll have to close the distance because you sort of threw okay. them both. But yeah, okay. you can do that. All right. So he's going to stab down at the knoll on the ground. Do you have okay. advantage for stabbing a prone opponent in melee? Yeah. Rolled with advantage, baby. <laughs> oh, so, uh, we've got 19 to hit. That'll hit. Does this null count as a fiend? He does. Men smite on this guy. Khan just gives out a huge yell as he stabs down. I was just going to ask, like, how, why isn't he not yelling anything? <laughs> In a bad mood. <laughs> <laughs> 32 points. All right. Strike him and any of the other gnolls would be dead. And it, he's still kicking. Again, there's something different about him. The wolf, just so everybody's clear too, the wolf is still kicking as well. They they're both have taken some good damage. The wolf really looks like it's in pretty bad shape and staggering to get themselves back up. You know, the gnoll's still on the ground. I guess they're both still on the ground at this point. Yeah. So, hold hey. it's your turn. I am going to uh, swipe back at the one that attempted to take a strike at me. Size him okay. up. And yep, he's on the ground, so. Plunge forward. Oh. Roll with advantage. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> Not much better. I rolled a three, which becomes, <laughs> which becomes a 12. Yeah, 12 doesn't do it for him. You know, you come down at him, you think it's going to be easy, he's on the ground, and he just takes one of those gross bone swords and swipes your short sword away. We'll do a bonus section offhand. Advantage on that, too? Still get advantage. You're still on the ground. Okay. Uh, that'll be AC 23. That'll hit. At least get my sneak attack on that. All right. Savage attacker. You're so savage. Mm-hmm. 20 damage. Nice. And then on his next turn, he will need to do a con saving throw. All right. This one actually gets him good, like right in the belly, but he's still going, right? He's one of, one of those. He just doesn't seem to feel it, even though you're, we're, you guys are slicing him up really well. All right, the two gnolls in the back are going to shoot at Lucan and Holg since they're standing over the other guy, just <laughs> stomping him down. 
I'll use my protection on one of the shots against him. How BA is that gonna look? Like he's totally like fighting down <laughs> and he just holds his shield up and like plink. Yeah, no no look shield Captain America style, just plink. <laughs> Alright, so two arrows come flying in at Holgan, Lucan, and one of them, Lucan just holds his shield up in front of Holgan, blocks it away, and the other one just hits directly into Lucan's chest and bounces straight off his armor. <laughs> Dan, it's your turn. All right, so Zan is going to move forward because I was 20 feet away from where the Minotaur was and they went 10 feet back, so they should be within 30 of me. So she is going to sprint forward. As she does, she's going to run by, grab Merc's gauntleted hands and the hilt of destiny, cast Holy Weapon on it, so it's going to glow with radiant energy and will do an additional 2d8 radiant damage when you swing with it. And she'll be like, kill that guy on the ground and she'll like vault her way over the body of the Minotaur, parkour her way over and then come up on the wolf and stab down at the wolf with her sword and shield out downward on it. Can you stab and cast that spell? Is it a bonus it's action? bonus action. Gotcha. All right. So All right, I played that. <laughs> advantage. The 10 for the first one and a 17 for the second down on the wolf. All right, that'll hit. Sweet. You don't give her many sword kills here. This would be cool. No, I don't. I, I look forward to it when it happens. Seven points of damage. That she does it. downward into the wolf. You come in and just... Right down through its head. Nice. <laughs> Wolf Slayer sort of move. <laughs> After vaulting over a Minotaur corpse. Mm-hmm. Pretty the light, The light in its eyes fades in front of you. So she just stabs down into it and then pulls the sword back out and then spins on to where the guy's on the ground. And that will be an action. All right, Merc, you got a fancy sword, fancier sword now. <laughs> sure. I, uh... <laughs> I think you should just cut your arm anyway, Merc. She's like, I just, I'm just going to cut my arm. I already did that this morning. Uh, <laughs> right up next to the downed, crazy knoll-looking guy. Drop off the, the horse, and I am going to stab downward, and I am going to use Great Weapon Master for some extra damage on this guy. Sure, because he's down anyway. Yep, an 18. That'll hit. 23 points of slashing, and then 9 points of radiant for 32 points of damage. That does it. All right, come in, and then just wham. And it still looks like it doesn't care until suddenly the light drops out of its eyes, rolls its head to the side, and blood just pours out of its mouth. We'll walk 15 feet towards the other two knolls. Action surge. <laughs> I don't know that it matters. <laughs> you can get two of them in one go. How, I don't even know how far away they are. If you got 15 feet, you could get to one of them on the right side of the wagon. Sure. I'll take a great weapon master swing at him as well. Oh, I just rolled an at 20 on that. That'll hit. Is that the one that got the lightning? It was. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) With the extra radiant damage doubled. Mm. (laughs) Yep. Rolled a crap on that. 11 points of radiant damage, 30 points of slashing damage, and 2 points of fire damage. Okay. So your pummel, by the way, is almost glowing right now, right? In the heat of battle with all this blood. And your sword goes clean through this knoll's neck and then continues and just cuts through the post that's holding up part of the tarp and breaks down a little side of the wagon a little bit as you just sort of cleave through part of that wagon. Point at the other knoll and say, you're next. <laughs> Real up, one knoll left. He's uh, fresh and he's he's not exactly back to you because he kind of knows you're back there now, but he's trying to hide sure. behind the wagon from right. the rest of the group. Just a regular knoll. Yeah, just a regular knoll. Regular knoll. Uh, 
Oh no, no, he has a pelt. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, just, all right. All I gotta do, all I gotta do, is put a piece of clothing on him, and he'll be strong. They become way better. Interesting. <laughs> so now he's got a bear hat on. Okay. Uh-huh. He's yep, got yep. the skull of a bear on him. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. It's that guy again. Just cast acid splash. See if that doesn't do anything. Twenty-four to hit. That'll hit. Eight points of damage. All right. It lets out a yelp. Kind of moves a little bit further away from you, but still trying to keep the wagon between the big group and it. That brings us back up to Lucan. There's one left. You could probably close the gap and get over there and take him on. You're going to round the wagon a little bit to the left and go around to him. All right. Lucan just hauls right over to him and takes a swipe and rolled a 22 to hit. That'll hit. Or 19 points of damage. All right, so just run him through. You're just doing cleanup now. Walk over, just it whimpers, kind of yelps, and drops to the ground. This one had a several hands hanging from it, so you actually feel pretty good about it. Alucon beheads the thing in disgust. So you guys are standing at this knoll camp, and like I said, it's there's kind of ruins around here. You know, a bunch of old white blocks and things from whatever this was long ago, when apparently this was a, the site of a mine for the first empire. And there is this wagon here, and it's kind of got a tarp on it. On one side, it's got maybe a bear skin or something, but it's covering up what's inside. Khan turns to Merc and puts his hand to his own chest and heals himself. And says, Merc, next time can we just try to be a little more sneaky and ambush things? We did ambush him. You're the one that ran out front. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> you're, gonna, um, you're dead. Hulk's going to pat Lucan on the back. And it's like, I, I'm with you, man. Maybe next time. I grab the tarp and flip it off the cart. What's in there? So there are a couple of dead bodies, like pieces missing from them and stuff like that. You know, they were obviously eating off of them. There are some halfling bodies and some human bodies. Nobody in there seems to be alive, except one cage has a small humanoid in it. And he doesn't look like the rest. And he says, you saved me. I help you. You saved me. I help you. It's a padrack little draconic looking creature and he starts pointing at himself he's got brown scales kind of orange spots and he starts pointing at himself and he says gapo gapo will help you you want through the mountains my eyes narrow at him a little bit in that draconic dwarfkin speech see if he understands that but i'm like why should i trust you he says you saved me that it's honor honor bound take you through the mountains Khan uses his helmet so he can understand that conversation <laughs> okay yeah he i mean he speaks common it's just choppy common you know so but he still continues to speak in common he turns it into draconic first you know he says a couple things in draconic and you and it's a little bit like he was talking to you right like you only catch little pieces of that because you don't have draconic right Khan turns to relap and says relap do we have any reason to trust this thing i um, speak draconic what do i know what he said but by the way i think holg i think your bag will actually does that for you too, doesn't it? Now that you mention that. When you hear Draconic, your bag starts whispering it to you. <laughs> that bag of scales? Yes. Sounds terrible. He says, you go east, I'll bring you east. I'll bring you through the mountain. Save lots of time. He, like, you get the impression that he very much thinks you're just going to kill him. And so he's really trying, before you kill him, you know, he's like, I will help you. He, and he does say, honor bound, honor bound. He kind of holds his hand up like a, like a Boy Scout. Gapo will help you. Right. Uh, 
Do we need to go through the mountains to get where we're going? Going to the wood? Yes. I get you to the wood much faster than going around the mountains. Much faster. I'm going to start pulling the bodies off the cart. Lucan says, Relop, do we trust the Padrack? No. Trust Gapel. Trust Gapel. I mean, we could go with him if he leads us somewhere and we end up getting into a fight. We just throw him first. As soon as I get the last body off while he's still talking to everyone, I'm going to hop back up on the cart and crouch down to the cage, look him dead in the eye, and, and Draconic say, Your people killed my entire village. You will never see light again. I'm gonna Not Gapel. The, I'm going to pull the tarp over the top and say, do we need to do anything with these bodies? We can bury them. Give them a proper barrel. If you want to just stay here for the night. I'll keep you safe. You got shinies. Some shinies Shot will get at. you through. Listen, I'm with Relop. We can't trust that. Padrack. They've been nothing but trouble up in Wood's End. And as far as these bodies, wouldn't it be faster just to build a pyre? Burn them? We can also purify these whatever, these, these knolls and whatever the, that was pointing at the leader knoll. That would work as well. No ritual cast detect magic. I guess this bone swords that he has give off an aura that the kind of scary one had. Right. Yeah, if you guys want to perform a Parian ritual, I don't know how, how hard the ground is. I don't know how easy it would be to variant. We'll just burn them. It's fine. Hold. Mm-hmm. He could see that you understood a little bit, and so he starts trying to get your attention while everybody else is talking about the bodies. And he says, Gapo won't hurt you. Please help me. I bring you through. Long way to the wood if you don't go through. I will help you. They're going to kill Gabo. I don't want to be killed. Let me through. I'll help you. He's doing it all in draconic, I guess, at this point. Right. He says, some Padraks don't have honor. We have honor. Hmm. I'll bring you through. Hey, Lucan. Yeah. There's a part of me that kind of wants to hear what this guy has to say. I get that Merc and, and Relop have no love for this race, but... I mean, we can't just lump all Padrax under one banner, can we? Padrax killed Relop's town, so... Right, but, I mean, the likelihood of this tribe, whatever tribe he's from... Mark, I want to roll a nature check and see what I know about Padrax. Roll the nine. Yeah, I mean, you just know that they're trouble up in the Woods End area. You've never dealt with Padrax yourself. Lucan says, Hulk, I have no idea about these things. I've always just kind of heard they're a terrible menace. They raid villages and kill, so. Right, but I mean, people will say the same thing about orc tribes, too. Well, there's orcs walking around the cities. Like, that's a little different. You live among people, sit and play cards with orcs, whereas Padraks I've never seen, and I just hear that they attack and kill. Obviously, this one's like it definitely the mind of its own. Right. But. I don't know. I really don't know. My first thought was to Freelop wanted it to go down. We take it down. I'll have no part of it if that's the case. Hulk, if you think about it too, if this thing leads us to a giant swarm of Padrax, we could be completely doomed. It says if we have to travel again for another few days, I'm not really worried about that. The risk of being able to travel just for a couple extra days is a lot less of a risk than being ambushed or by a bunch of Padrax. Again, I don't really know. I don't really know much about Padrax, so... I don't know. Is there... We have your sister, Divine, on whether this guy's honest on his claim. You know what? That's a good point. I could actually cast if he's lying or not. I, I think that at least gives him a chance to explain himself more. 
at the very least, I mean, isn't that what civilization is all built upon? I mean, how are we any better than savage raiders if we don't at least present an opportunity? Let me start getting a uh, zone of truth put together and we can question him. How about that? That's all I'm asking for. If his attempt is to lead us into a trap, then by all means, let's just run him through. But kind of start making a zone of truth. Okay. Zone of truth takes 10 minutes to set up. You telling everybody else what you're doing? At the moment, no. He's just going to start working on it and he's assuming someone's going to ask him what he's doing. <laughs> I assume that Merc is going to be uh, just working on setting up the, the prior and dragging the bodies over on top of it. I'm going to cast Identify on those swords while everything else is going on. Those swords are not something you want. They have some sort of connection to a demon power. You actually get a pretty strong Rogadag vibe off of it, but you're not 100% sure why you think that. Using those things would be a very poor choice. Like, they're definitely cursed items. I'm just going to use Mage Hand and dump them in the middle of the river. <laughs> little glowy hand brings these things and whips them into the river. Evil fish come flying out. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, so you got your Zone of Truth put together, Lucan. Hey, well, if you guys look over, you see that there's some glowing circle of light around <laughs> the wagon and this padrack. It's a 15-foot radius. At this point, the padrack, Gapo is sitting with his knees up, you know, arms around his knees, and kind of looking kind of sad. He's, he's actually cuter than you thought they would be, like just this little dragon guy. That probably actually gets to Lucan's heart a little bit since he likes animals so much. <laughs> mm-hmm. What was your name again, Padrak? Gapo. Are you saying that with a, a P as in Paul or a B as in boy? P as in Paul. Okay. All right, Gapo, I just got a couple questions for you. Yeah, ask him. Ask Gapo. Gapo, will you be honestly leading us through the mountains into the woodsy out east? Yes, save you lots of time. If you go plan around take, the mountains, it'll take you plan, months. Plan to take us there without any thoughts of ambushing us or hurting us. He says, yes, I will I will be honorable. I will get you through. I might have to bribe some others. So some shinies would be good if you have any shinies to help. And I promise that I won't take the shinies myself. We're going to be working with other Padraks? Well, to bribe some to let us through, we could do that. And we'll have to watch for a few traps because... Padrex like to set up traps, but I promise I won't send you to traps. If I know of any, I will definitely not send you to that. I will keep you away from Tirithon, and we'll get through the mountain. We'll get you to the woods. Who is Tirithon? Tirithon the terrible. Tirithon the wealthy. He's a big dragon. We don't hurt people like your friend said, but we do take shinies. And we put the shinies in the horde of the big dragon. Will you accidentally forget about traps? No, and I'll look, look for I'll look for any traps that I don't know of. I will be your scout. I will be your your guide. This dragon you talk about, are we gonna have to actually talk with the dragon and deal with the dragon, or are we gonna be avoiding it completely? No, we could avoid it. We don't have to go to see Tirithon. I didn't think you'd want to see Tirithon. I mean we could if you want. If you want to see Tirithon, I could I could arrange that. We could go to see him. But I don't know how he'll like that, but comes to Hulk and says, Hulk, do you have any questions for him? Well, what do you think of his answers is the bigger question I have. From what I can tell, everything is, is legit. Now it's probably going to be a little hard to convince a relapse, so maybe we just go try to do that right now. 
Yeah, I think that's probably for the best. If he's Kanye. sincere, I think he we should at least weigh it as an option. Khan turns to Gapo and says, Gapo, are there other Padraks that we're going to interact with, have to deal with it because they don't like shinies, that they're going to just attack us because of who we are? He kind of thinks about that one, and he says, I will try to avoid anyone like that. There are some. He says, I'm not a big boss, so there might be some who we may not be able to persuade, but I will not lead you to anyone purposely. I will, I will, we will try to avoid those people. And, you know, you're... You you took on the dogs. You can take on a few padracks if you need to. I will I won't lead you into ambush. Kind of tries to find that word for a minute. I can't promise that there won't be a few that might try to mess with us. But if you go out uh, anywhere else, what else? We could run into all kinds of things out here. At least we know we're dealing with padracks. Khan says, "Are we going to have to go under the mountains, or can we just stay outside the whole time?" You don't want to go outside the whole time if you want to get there soon. If you want to get across the, get to the woods, we need to go into the tunnels. Are we going to put ourselves at a huge risk going into the tunnels? No, you have a guide, Gapo. Paul, I don't like the idea of the tunnels, but I do feel like this guy is telling me the truth. Like I said, at least weigh it as an option. Tunnels cut straight through the mountain. You'd be on the other side of the mountain in no time. Khan says, will our horses fit tunnels? Oh, kind of like looks at the horses. He's like, yes, yes, we can make that happen. Some tunnels, no, but we'll just find, I, I know ways. We'll, we can get them through. Khan turns around and walks over to Relop. Hey, Relop. Going on? Are you ready? Relop, I actually the zone of truth onto this Adrak to see if he is lying, and he is not lying. Oh, this Padrack is going to lead us there quicker and safely. Now, my first thought was to take this thing out just like you had thought, but I've had second thoughts on that now. And I feel that Lucian has guided us in the right direction in finding this thing, that this uh, Gapo is going to help. Well, if you say Lucian says that this Padrack is telling the truth, then it would make for a faster trip. Yes, and we can bury your brother faster, so... I feel like this is actually going to be a really good thing for us. Yeah. Yeah, if it gets us to the woods faster. Great. Khan now turns over to Holg and gives him a thumbs up and smiles. Right. I want to lean over towards the, uh, the pad rack. Well, looks like you're getting your chance, so don't mess this up. Oh, what, what do I call you? Don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry about it. Don't worry about it as my savior. Thank you. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. Lucan's going to turn to, you know, Merc and Zan and kind of fill him in on what he did. Kind of do the same talk that he had with Relive. Just kind of say, hey, did the zone of truth. Everything seems legit. And I think we should go that route. All right. As long as Relop's okay with it. And Merc, I suppose. And she kind of glances over to Merc. I don't know. He said zone of truth. He didn't resist it. Correct. He told me the, the truth. Lucian, give us this pad drag. I can feel it. Gonna get us to Wood's End faster, Merc. We can stop Asher faster. Yeah. I also remember Relop saying something about uh, one of those orbs in the Unjacked Peaks, too. Wonder if that'll get us closer to that. I think they said that was with the dragon? Is he taking us to a dragon? There's a dragon named Tarathon, the Terrible, but yeah, Apo is gonna try to avoid that as much as possible. He says he will not bring us to the dragon. 
so I guess he we won't in. be. Unless you want me to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know where he is. No, that's okay, Gappo. That's okay. When we set up camp for the night, you can tell us about what you know on the dragon. Oh, I will. Khan goes over and unlocks the cage or finds the key and unlocks the cage. It's he a very watchful eye. Starts like kissing your hand. He's like, oh, thank you. Thank you. What's your, okay, what is your name? My name is Lucan. I'm the champion of light. <laughs> There's no Lucan. need to no need to do this. It's okay. It's okay. Why don't you help with the bodies? Yes, yes. And he like goes over and starts sort of tugging at one of the you know, he's not very strong. He's like this little <laughs> little thing and he starts pulling at one of the bodies. Kind of full, Cut. like digging his feet in to get it to move at all. But he starts sliding something over. Up and he goes and finds a head and he just picks the head up and walks over with the head and throws <laughs> it on the pile. Khan does introductions, and then as he gets to Holg is the last one, he goes, and what was your name again? Hulk. Oh, that's, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. That's right. Thanks, I forgot. Khan's smiling. He <laughs> He's a little still nervous, so he keeps running around, trying to grab stuff, finding any any little piece of Noel that got left behind. He grabs it and throws it on the pile. At some point, Lucano will give him a little piece of food to kind of try to get him to calm down a little bit. Takes it. He stays a little bit close to Lucan and Holg if he can. Yeah, Holg's going to treat him kind of like, you know, that annoying kid that you don't really want to have to keep an eye on. So it's like he starts getting close. It's like push him away a little bit. So maybe he kind of stays a little closer to Lucan. Hmm. All right, so you get your fire going, the pyre anyway. Mm-hmm. Is that your campfire for the night too? Or, or I guess it's not nighttime, is it? It's still yeah, midday. It's yeah, I was going to say, it's got to be like maybe noonish. Uh, is your, no, your that is to... not the campfire for the night because that would smell <laughs> terrible and we're going to be <laughs> let's, cook, let's cook food over the corpse campfire. Yeah. <laughs> so are you planning to go like the next morning or are you just going to finish the job here and then start moving? I, I would think we keep booking it east. Yep. Until, yep, we get, yeah. until it gets dark. So you get done with the pyre and kind of making sure it's out and he's very excited to to bring you into the mountain. He keeps walking around to the horses, and it's like he puts his fingers up, pointer finger and thumb, and sort of tries to like almost like measure the horses. Like he's holding his pointer finger and his thumb in front of his eyes, and he's trying to figure out how big they are and whether or not it'll be a problem. And so he says, "We'll go the the dragon side, but we won't go see the dragon if you don't want to see the dragon. We'll stay from it, but we're going to have to go into some of those tunnels." so that the horses can go. Is that okay? Yeah, that's absolutely fine. Sounds like we don't have a choice. Khan's still definitely keeping an eye on this thing, making that it's not going to do anything giddy. Yeah. He says, I think, Lucan, that you may have to actually get down from your horse from time to time. Does the tunnel be too small? That's fine, as long as we can get our horses. So you kind of half expect him to bring you out of the clearing there, like back across the bridge, but instead he leads you over when you're ready, kind of where the mine is, and finds a spot that is pretty well hidden from the outside. Like once you get close, there's actually a gap that you didn't know is there. And it looks a little uncomfortable, right? Like it looks thinner than you want it to be. It's enough to get through single file right here, but he leads you to an entrance into this cave. And it's actually way closer than you thought it was gonna be. It's like right there where the mine ended. Hey, Gappa, what kind of shinies do Padraks like? Color do they like? Uh, gold, silvers, anything shiny. Uh, okay, jewels, no problem. Jewels, 
So kind of lead through. It's very dark in here. There's no torches on the walls or anything like that. You're just kind of moving through the darkness. I'm assuming that you're going to want to light your swords or whatever, you know, for Lucan and Merc. Or do you want to do the light spell on Merc? We got the uh, Drift Globe, though. That or I'd pull out Judgment, light it up. I could light up my goggles, too. We have magic Ooh. candles. We got all sorts of stuff. Do we have to worry about showing light? Not right now. I'll tell you if it's a concern. Okay, sounds good. So as you're moving to, he kind of says, you go around, you got, if you're going to the wood, you got weeks to be there. But I'll get you there in days. For a while, it's pretty uneventful. There's not a lot to describe other than the fact that you're going through these cold caverns. And the caverns do actually start to warm up a little bit. And there's a few spots where it branches off. And nothing looks different to you at all when he suddenly says, Okay, stop. And it's probably been literally like three hours down in the dark here. And he kind of does a little twittering sound with his mouth. And you hear the twitters coming back in echoes. Somebody repeating the sound. And he says, get some shinies to Lucan. Lucan will take out ten silver. <clears throat> kind of has no idea what he takes... will excite them. So he's just starting with that. Sure. <laughs> he kind of mm-hmm. takes half of it probably. He climbs down and he's a really good climber like he just really easily drops down to the ground and kind of pads his way up and he comes to a cross little crossroads or intersection and a couple other little padracks come out kind of look your direction but they're talking to him and they're all talking in draconic i use my helmet whenever i see them talking he's basically telling them that he's going to get these big people through and that there's shinies in it for him. He doesn't go on explaining anything more to him necessarily. He just kind of, as soon as he pulls out some coin, they seem to be pretty happy with that. It seems to be a pretty big deal for them. This is what their society seems to be revolved around. And he literally just hands them each a silver piece. And they're like, seem to be happy with that. Like they take it and they, they look at it. They kind of hold it up. One of them bites one to kind of just, you know, test it. <laughs> sort of step out of the way when they do that you see a net that was on the floor and it was pretty well camouflaged nobody saw it and they pull the net up out of the way and then you can pass and he says see Capo. so far so good a couple more hours go by same thing happens a couple times at one point you go underneath an intersection and you can literally see some barrel above you and there's a couple of padracks looking down. Now they've already been paid off, but you can see that they were they would have dumped something on you as you went through. Uh, and that seems to be their MO. A lot of little trappy things to mess with you. There was the one spot where there was a tripwire with bells on it. And you know, that was not a big deal because he just went down and undid it because you can't get the horses to step over the bells. So he had to actually disarm it for you. So this goes on for a while. It does get warmer as you're moving through. And you do come to a spot where, you know, it's a little bit like the the caverns that you were in last time, where you feel like there's something geothermal happening because of the, the heat. It's not uncomfortably hot, but it's definitely warmer as you keep moving. It doesn't feel like fall anymore. You come to a couple spots, too, where there's actually, for lack of a better way to describe it, there's windows built into the walls, and they're all done with this red glass. It looks a little bit like the stained glass at the fire chapel and beyond that there's fires burning every time you find one of those 
there's fires burning with some sort of living space on the inside. He doesn't bring you into those, right? But you can see Padrax moving around on the other side of the glass. Or the, it's probably crystal of some sort. Khan wants to say, Gappa, what's what's going on with this uh, purple glass? He says, oh, we, we make things. I don't. I don't know how to make that, but but we have our craftsmen under, out here. Gappo, do you guys have a religion? Do you follow a god? We answer to the... He, he's a little bit confused by that term. Maybe a translation problem there. And he says, we we answer to Tirithon. Tirithon is the, the big one, the dragon. Okay, so you follow your, your dragon, okay. Says, yeah, we, we bring him shinies and he doesn't hurt us. Doesn't sound like a very nice dragon, but I guess that's why he's called the terrible, huh? Yes, and it's because of us that they call him the wealthy. I can see that. You kind of get to the point where you could get the sense that it's getting late in the day. And you feel like you've made some progress, right? Like it's these tight quarters. He occasionally stops and he thinks about which direction you should go. Largely the horses are his problem. Like it sounds like if you wanted to go even faster, you know, without horses, you could. But he has to kind of keep rethinking what's going to make sense. But he definitely knows his way around. And he says, I think I have a good place to make camp. No one will be there. Is there any chance we can camp outside? Is, is there an exit nearby? Oh, no. We're in. It'll take a long time to get out. Well, I suppose we set up to camp then. Lucana kind of looks at the group kind of like a little bit nervously like, well, I guess this is what we have to deal with. Hmm. Yeah. He brings you to a big cavern. It's not far out of what seems to be the path you're on, but it, you know, sort of a side track a little bit. He says, we're going to go to the farm. And he brings you to this huge cavern and it's full of mushrooms. They're not as big as the ones in Rontamin, but there's just mushrooms all over the ground and kind of, you know, working their way up the walls, lactites hanging down. And he says, no one will be working here. We could just sit tight for the evening. And then he pops a, what looks to you like a toadstool and he just eats, starts mowing down on it. Gapa, can humanoids eat these mushrooms? Says I, <laughs> yeah, I've so you're really going to tell me that you're going to eat the mushrooms underneath here and not the mushrooms up in Romptomen? I did not say that. Lucan looks over at Hulk and gets down to a mushroom like, go ahead, try it. I'll give it a shot. Do I recognize these mushrooms at all? Or Go ahead and make a nature check. Sure. Those 14? Yeah, they look pretty similar to the stuff that you would eat out in the... In the gray wood. Yeah, you, you get the impression they're pretty safe. Like, you look around, and you see a couple different breeds, and mm. all, all of them look like things that you would eat in the border wood. You, nothing jumps out at you as scary. I'll go ahead and just kind of start setting up the dome kind of in the area where I reckon the most recognizable of them. And uh, once I get the dome up, I'll just grab one and just kind of absentmindedly start chewing on it. I think pretty much everybody yeah. else would like to cook the mushrooms, but Relop and Gapo don't seem to care. Kyle's they're not wait a while. tasty until you cook them up. Kyle's going to wait a while to see if anybody has any reactions to the mushrooms <laughs> before he has any. Pretty much made it my, <sighs> my whole goal just to get you to eat mushrooms. I don't know why. It just became <laughs> a thing. I can create food and water, and it's good for 24 hours, so I've been doing that since Rondemont. <laughs> Mark was actually going to be like, hey, you got any more of those still crackers? Lucan will do his food and water, and I'll instantaneously tons of food appears. Yep, still crackers. Still better than mushrooms. 
Well, at least these ones aren't being grown under gnome poo. Yeah, because <laughs> Padrack poo is so much better. I don't see any Padracks at least pooing in this area, so that makes me a little more comfortable, but I think I'll just stick to my own food. Yeah. Merc, if you recall any of the uh, ever having mushroom stew over in Woods End, this is probably the mushrooms that they were using to cook it up. It's not bad. It's better cooked, but... Yeah. Well, guess what? No mushroom stew for this guy. At some point, Lucan will start eating the mushrooms. If everyone's looking okay, and after hearing Relop talk about it. Okay. And like I said, they're better if you fry them up a little bit, you know. Lucan fries them up and then keeps holding them up to Merc. I'll try no. one. No. Oh. No. I'll try one. Hey, you owe me. I took a charging bowl to the chest. <laughs> and you probably should have stayed on your horse. What do you want me to say? <laughs> Next time you're going first. I've been <laughs> saying that. That's months. never going to happen. <laughs> yeah, never in the history of the group. Can't help that your old man legs slow you down. Listen, <laughs> if you don't want to take the brunt, don't run out front. <laughs> I kind did you of make that up? I did, and I actually regret that it rhymes. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that didn't sound very Merc-like, so... <laughs> All right, Lucan, I'll see if Hulk wants to play cards. Yeah, sure. Not for money, though. Lucan doesn't want to play for money. I suppose it'll keep us busy. While we're playing, Hulk is still going to try and cheat. <laughs> I roll my perception to see if I see him cheat? Natural one. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I rolled roll a three, your, uh, so, which is a two. In, so in, insight, that helps. Sleight of hand, I got a 26. I got a two. As a reminder, Hold, you do have a specialty like, uh, deck of cards. And you also have a special dice. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, you I just do. load it up. Yeah. I'm not saying that in character, but it just is a reminder. Yeah, no, I'm not going to use that deck. That's just almost too easy. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll just do the regular palming certain cards and marking others. Relap, are you reading through the Silma a little bit while you're camping? Yeah, whenever we start watches, I'm going to make sure that I'm on watch with Gapo, but I'm just going to kind of keep my head in the book. Gapo, you, you said you were going to tell us about the dragon. Do you want to tell us about that? He says, yeah, he's not somebody that I typically see personally. Every once in a while, his wrath takes some down. The last leader that we had, Kilo, got squished or burnt or something. There's a few different stories. So since then, our newest, newer leaders have been a little more careful about making sure that they don't anger the dragon. Tyrathon go out and about and attack villages or towns or anything like that, or does he just stay put? He usually stays put. I, I, I've heard that he sometimes will go out and fly around over the woods, but they tell me there's another dragon out in the woods, and I don't think that they're friendly. Relop, do you know anything about that other dragon in the woods? Do I know anything about this other dragon in the woods? <laughs> Go ahead and make a nature check. 14. You know, you've heard stories of dragons in the wood, but so you don't have, you know, you wouldn't be able to, like, name one necessarily, something like that. You do, however, because you've been looking at the Asilma a little bit, you know, there's some scary stuff in the Asilma, but there's also some information, you know, some kind of histories and things that you've been interested in, and that's kind of the section of the book that you've been perusing a little. And because of the fact that we're talking about dragons a lot over the last couple days of travel, you kind of found that spot, and so you've been reading through, and you found that there are these things called the Fahuv, and the, there are apparently five of them, and they are the five chromatic orbs of Vinra, which apparently are sort of variations on the 
orb that you had, but it sounds like these are a little bit more maybe powerful or they're more specific. Like maybe the one that you had was possibly created as a replica of the true orb. Oh yeah, you were, you'd mentioned that earlier about powerful magic items and that replicas being made off of them. Right, the artifacts, and then there's the, the magic items that's tried to emulate what they emulate, have Emulate, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You find a spot that talks a little bit about the history of that, and because of the, you know, just happened to come up here with talking to this Padrack, find a spot that talks about the idea that Vinra, who was the dragon queen, the god of the dragons, is one of the fallen gods. And she was this five-headed dragon, and apparently in her defeat... Her essence was divided among five orbs and then hidden away. It sounds like maybe it was a way to protect her. And so they say, according to this, and this is elven lore, but they say that those orbs are mostly in the hands of dragons, some of whom are known as the heads of Vinra. So it's like five of them have been sort of picked out to be her avatar in a sense, collectively. And if those orbs were ever to be brought together with the heads of Vinra, so with the five dragons and the five orbs, they say that that would return her full force. But it is interesting that it says that most of those orbs are among the dragons, so it makes you wonder a little bit, like, huh, <laughs> is there Mark, one of these things close by? Mark, have we ever heard of anybody, if any humans, humanoids, like, taking out a dragon? Just in fairy tales. Is there anything else that Gappa says of interest about the dragon? I mean, you just get the impression he has lots of shinies. Because they've been bringing him shinies. What color is the dragon? He's a red dragon. Pat, the Padrack is brown with orange spots. But no, Ooh. this dragon is red. I do remember that colors don't necessarily mean much to me. Like, I'm, I'm mm. not really worried about that, but... Yeah, she's just curious. Wait, wasn't there a white dragon in these mountains someplace? Nope, this one's red. Okay, huh. How much further do we have to go, Gapo? Like, what are the other stops we're making? He says it'll probably be a few days to get to the other side. All right. But then he reminds you very excitedly that it would be, take you over a month to get there outside. Right. So he very much wants to understand his importance, right? Like, he's still not, <laughs> he's still not 100% feeling safe. Yeah. Yeah, we don't want to get in too comfortable. Hmm. And by the way, you could just totally grab a bunch of mushrooms if you wanted to, to make sure you have enough oh. to get out of here. You don't need your create food spell right now for the next few days, at least. Oh, yeah. Real Up's going to totally gain up on that. Also, okay. do we really want to mess with a dragon that's like the chosen of a fallen god? Yes. No. <laughs> now, he didn't are verify you... that this one is. He just said that they are out there. Like, nobody knows if this is one of those heads of Vinra. He's just, he's just reading. He seemed in a rush to get Dimple's body to the wood and in a rush to stop Asher. Are we really thinking about doing a detour for this? No, not after. Is where I was. All right. On the way back. Let me do research and go kill a dragon later. So, over the course of really two more days, you travel through this place. There's a few spots where he really has to figure it out because of these horses. Like, they're really giving it, perplexing him a little bit. And it's the beginning of the third day, and it has definitely gotten warmer. And there have actually even been a few spots where you could see just the cracks of, like, lava or magma or something coming through a couple of the walls. Just little bindles of light. And he says, we have to go through Rebo's room, and I don't know... 
he's really churned this over in his little head, right? Like he's keeps he's been talking to himself. He's been trying to figure out the best way to go, and he says we have to go through Rebo's room. I don't know that I'll be able to get us through with shinies for Rebo. Rebo's big big boss in his own what, head. What is Rebo like? He's like, and he points at Relop. He's like him, but like me. And he has his own shinies. And he has been, I don't know what the word is, but he's been taking his, you know, for every shiny that we bring the dragon, he's been taking one for himself. I'm no big boss. I just try to stay out of it. But I think we do need to go through his cave to get the horses through. Does he have Not any that's... servants? Does he have anybody that's with him? Yes, he'll have some, some like me, he says, and he has magics. Is that what you meant by like me? Yeah. Do you think we could sneak through while he is sleeping, while Rebo is sleeping? Um, Merc laughs at this. We could try, but I I doubt it. I don't think anybody, everyone would be sleeping at once. How big is the room? Uh, Kind of put his arms out, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you get the impression it's probably not huge. It's maybe 20 feet diameter. Just from the way he do, he tries to describe it based on places you've been as you come through. He talks about the kiln room and he talks about the root cellar. Like you've seen these little things along the way and he kind of points everything out as you go. So he tries to compare it to other rooms. Hmm. Does anything, uh, anybody have any fun? I have an idea. That we could potentially give. What do you got, Zan? Well, if it's only a 20 foot diameter room, if Gapo can just open the door... I'll throw a silent spell in there, and then all of our fighters can go in there and go nuts. There'll be no spell casting while we're in there, and no one else around us will hear the attack, so it shouldn't raise any other alarms. True. We just have to kill them before they get out. That's correct. Kappa, what's on the other side of Rebo's room? Uh, just more tunnel. He's not too far from the dragon space, but not right on top of it. Hey, Zan, I have another question. Hmm. Is there any way we could cast that spell in conjunction with something else to disguise our presence and just maybe skirt this whole fight? Thing that like conceals, if that's what you mean. I don't have any invisibility. That'd be more something in the arcane realm. How about you, Raylob? Closest I could do is put a separate tunnel to go around him, but I don't know that that's an option. I can tunnel us through some earth, but... How about like a fake wall or something so they can't see us. Gappa, what would Tirithon think if Rebo were to go away? Good. He kind of laughs at that. He says, Tirithon doesn't care about Rebo. He doesn't care about any of us. He just cares about shinies. He says, okay. Is everyone okay with my silence assault plan then? Yeah, I think that's a, a good option so we don't attract attention of some, something else or worse. Relop and I will stay outside and try to hit anything that tries to run out the other side or across the room, but we won't be able to cast anything if we were in it. What about if we just let Gapo try to talk his way through this, and if it doesn't happen, then we attack? He says he wouldn't take anything of ours. He doesn't want anything of ours. Also loses the element of surprise. Exactly. I think he said he doesn't like shinies, but... Gapo, is there something else that he would want? He says, like, I... I don't. I didn't say this, but I think he just wants to be in charge. So I think if Con you're, says, Gapo, if, you said we wouldn't have to worry about this type of stuff. What's going on here? Well, the horses. It's the we have to go through there to get the horses through. Okay. Okay. I see. I see. 
Dan, I like your idea then. All right. Let's get our melee fighters up front. Merc, Lucan, Hold, be ready to push through the doorway. I'll cast it into the room as soon as the doors open. Really haven't seen doors necessarily, but yeah, you know, you'll just yeah, you'll just get within range or whatever. wherever the doorway is, and she'll walk up towards yeah. it. Bef- right before uh, the door gets open, I'm going to cast uh, mirror image. All right, so melee people get up front, prepare the globe, and you can toss it in with the daylight cast when I cast the silence. Okay, and then you guys go in. I'm going to cast Shield of Faith on... Yeah. Alright, so we're going to flashbang Great. group. I'm going to also Good. make sure my helmet is activated so I can understand them, if the, if the creatures, if they're talking. <laughs> well, you're not going to hear anything. Ro- <laughs> go, ahead and yeah, roll, yeah. go ahead and roll your initiatives. So, you get up to the spot. He, very quick, just before you start prepping yourselves, casting your spells and that kind of thing, Gapo says, Wait! And he says, I forgot to say, there's a hole in the floor. Be careful of the hole in the middle of the floor. They put the trash down there. Good to know. Thank All you. Right. Kind of looks at everybody else like, shrug. Oh. <laughs> I can push people five feet with my shield master now. I'm going to push hey. somebody in the garbage hole. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Down the trash compactors on the detention level. Who's going first? I don't know. Well, what's the initiative? Well, I mean, what's, what's your? <laughs> I, I, well, I know, but I got the oh. initiative here. But like, you guys had a plan. Like, what's the plan? Like, because yes, somebody going first when you're throwing a light ball in or whatever. Like, yeah. You, so Mark will throw the drift globe, and I'll throw the silence at the same time. Yep. Okay. So that'll start us off, mm-hmm. which will give them a chance to get into the initiative. As you step up, Zancaster spell. This light ball kind of floats in because you don't have to throw it, do you? Like, it'll float itself in. I think. Uh, I could do either. Or you throw it yep. in like a grenade because it's fun. It lights up in this whole room. Everybody can see suddenly because it's daylight in there. I got and a quick question. Does it fall in the garbage hole? <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. It does now. <laughs> Why did you bring that up? <laughs> awesome. Funny. Yeah, We're it's, told it's there's funny. a garbage hole. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. No, all right. So it rolls over and just, we're going to say it just is hanging we do have on the edge. <laughs> like, be careful where you walk, boys, because it's going, all right. So, yeah, light goes in. The whole room is edged in gold, and, like, there's treasure in this room. They told you that this guy has been sort of hoarding things away from the dragon. Mm-hmm. And there are several Padrex in there. They are eating something. It looks like maybe they're frying up their own mushrooms. And mm-hmm. they do seem to be sort of tossing things into the hole. But then this orb comes in and they all go like, what? And sort of jump up and pull their daggers out. There's one in particular stands up and immediately starts moving his hands around like he's going to cast spells. He's ready to rock. He doesn't quite have a target yet, but what he's going to do... Did the silence go off? Yeah. So if the spell has a... So he uh, starts chambering on. Yeah, <laughs> he's not going to be able to cast that. So he starts chambering on and can hear that he's not... I think he'd have a chance to try a diff- something different then. <laughs> now to make the, um, <laughs> the DM go in and re- find a non-V spell. <laughs> he's going to realize that he, that he can't speak. Yeah. And then he is going to actually start running up the north tunnel. Like he's going to run out of the room. But he's retreating. When he does that, though, all of the gold in the room starts moving around. It starts swirling, and it creates this humanoid image with all this coin just whipping, like an elemental, but it's made of 
a bunch of coins and little trinkets and gems and things like that. And effectively, there's now this like guardian in the room that he has somehow set up. And so you've got a bunch of Padrak, but then you also have this animated treasure pile that is now waiting for you to enter. How many Padraks are there? There are eight of them. And they're all little guys with Gapo. just, you know, it's almost cute. They pull their little daggers out. All right, Zan, it's your turn. All right, so she'll step forward, kind of lean over to the side, find one, and then sacred flame it from outside. Deck 17. All right. What's the damage? 14. 14 just pops this little guy. Just <laughs> light strikes it and, and drops to the ground, hits that drift globe, and both of them fall into the hole. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, hey, sure. <laughs> and she'll be like, oh, dang it. All, All right. right. Anyway, go, go, go. And she'll just like yell at the guys to get in there. Okay, look on. Con jet straight for the old column. Alright, taking a swing. A 19 hit. It does. Alright, great. I'm going to Divine Smite at level 3 on this thing. Okay. Uh, for 39 points of damage. Lucan gives that nice. a big old yell. When and you I'll hit it, gold just goes smacking a, you know, into the wall, right? Like you, you hit it and some of it's, some of the gold that's making it up sort of gets batted away and just, you know, you hear that tinkling of coin everywhere. All right, he'll take his second swing. 13. A 13 does not hit. That thing is going to swing at you, Lucan. It kind of does a slam. All of these coins sort of coagulate together and then just sort of slam forward, trying to pummel you backwards. I would make sure I would have positioned myself not to be standing right by that hole, too, if it's possible. <laughs> yeah, it's actually like floating above the hole. You know, it's, it's not actually oh, it walking. Okay. So you're standing, you know, on the south side of it. So both, if you call them hands, come flying out of it. One of them goes right past you. The other one's going to catch you. It's 36 bludgeoning damage. Just boom, cracks you pretty hard, kind of pushes you backward just a little, you know, not enough to make a difference, but sort of staggers you back a little bit. And relap at your turn. I happen to gain two gold coins. (laughs) (laughs) Just like stuck in you. Ooh, But yeah, I mean, still, even when it hits, right, gold's flying around. You know, you just hear this. I guess we don't hear it, you know. You hear nothing. (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) <laughs> we we imagine it. Yeah. Do do I see Rebo at all or? He's on his way up the tunnel. So no, because you weren't even in the room. Started out of the room. Okay. I'm gonna go ahead and pull out my wand, let loose with a scorching ray fourth level, and try and clear out uh, some of the padracks at least. He's gonna get his padrack vengeance here. Mm-hmm. It's it's coming after all. 28 and 19, 24, 28, and 13. All right, hitting five of them. Eight on one, eight on the other one, three on the third one, 10 on the fourth one, and seven on the fifth. The one that took three is still standing. It kind of yips and jumps away from the fire, and everybody else just drops. You just drill nice. and sort screws right into them. So that means that was four. We're left with three fresh plus one that got hurt, but miraculously survived. Hulk, it's your turn. All right. I am going to assist Luke and run up there. AC 16. That does not hit. Does not. Okay. And then with uh, bonus action, my offhand, AC 17. That does not hit. It's hard to figure out what you're swinging at, right? Like you you think you're going to get it and then it just kind of goes through the coins. Plus, it's the monster made of the thing those things you love most. <laughs> those little things with the with the pins in them that you put your hand in at the science center, and like it creates your face, or like that's what happens. Here. <laughs> All right, so Hulk is trying to hit this thing, and it's being a little elusive. Merc, you're up. If I go in the room, can I see Rebel? No, 
he's down the tunnel. I mean, if I somebody will. like tried to give chase, maybe, but like not from the room. I will go hit the treasure golem. Uh, it was a 13 total. And second swing, uh, 28 to hit. Yeah, 28. 10 points of damage. And that'll be my go. So two of them are going to go trying to fend off Holg and Lucan. Mark, I'll use protection for Holg. Okay. Purposely, you know, they're kind of packed fighters, so they're they're trying to gang up. Mm-hmm. So there's two on one, two on the other. Zan, your your flare seems to help because one of them get kind of covers his eyes almost while they mm-hmm. attack. And Lucan, you felt good about one of them too, but Lucan, the one that you were trying to use protection on, he actually rolled well enough. You know, they're sort of offsetting each other's dice at this point because they get advantage, you take advantage away or however that works. So mm-hmm. so anyway, we ended up with a, with a hit on each of you, just one out of the four attack. They're holding daggers. It's not going to be that bad. Let's see. <laughs> we're very scared. Lucan, you take three points of damage and... Hulk, you end up with six points of damage. Ooh. Rolled as good as he could. Got a splinter. So little stabbies coming from these guys, and they they do seem a little vicious when there's multiples, right? Is there one of those that attack either Hulk or Lucan within five feet of me? Yeah, probably the one against Lucan. Because he came up first. He's kind of right in the center there. I will take my Sentinel Strike against it. Uh, does a 16 hit? It does. 11 points of damage. So you hit him right into the hole there's movement in the hole by the way because the light's coming up mm-hmm. and there's something down there <clears throat> all right zan we're back up to you all right so zan will drop the silence so all of a sudden sound comes rushing back into the room coin flying everywhere yeah metal stuff flowing all over the place you actually uh, hear crunching coming up from below something's being eaten oof that's uh, horrifying. So Zan is going to dash into the room, basically tap Holg on the shoulder as she runs by, going like, help me catch the spellcaster, and she's just going to double move. So I'm going to go 60 feet across the room and up that like tunnel towards where Reba was going. And I'm asking Holg to come along, because he's way faster. And you have to move around him, so that you're probably losing a couple feet, but yeah. Maybe, you know, yeah, here or there, but she's just... Skirt around him. Skirting the edges and saying, we're going after the spellcaster, and then running down the hall. Sure. Right. That's it. Cool. It would. I would have probably made it uh, hard to run through with all the gold, but now the gold's floating around. So yeah, yeah, yeah. He cleared the floor for you. Yeah, much appreciated. <laughs> all right, Lucan. Khan yells, "Ignore the spellcaster!" and then takes a swing at the golem. Is a nineteen hit? Yeah, nineteen hits. I'm gonna use a divine smite. Forty-one points of damage. Whoa! Wow. Excellent. This time it is very loud. Clink, clink, clink as all this gold goes flying around. All right, take my second swing. Twenty-four to hit. Divine Smite at third level. 29 points of damage on this one. All right. A lot of it's getting smaller, right? You keep knocking stuff away from it. And so it's still floating there. It's like, that's how it's apparently showing damage is that it's losing some of its mass. All right. It's now going to take its turn. It kind of bursts into a whirlpool, little tornado of gold in a sense. And it kind of just kind of fills the room. And so... At this point, Zan just hit the tunnel. Relot, did you? You didn't enter the room, did you? No, I haven't. I haven't gotten into the room okay. yet. So the three of you that are in the room, I'm going to need you to take a Dex save. You're trying to hit a 17. Oh, I hit it. Nice. Yep. Yeah. I hit an 18. Okay. Hold. And I get the plus three from Lucan. Yep. 27. Mark, you didn't make it as well, right? I mean, unless a five makes it. And that's with the plus three, so... 34 points of damage. 
Freelop. So, yeah, this thing's just filling the room with, it's just like these coins just whipping around. And Gapo is like hiding underneath a shield that he apparently found in the in the mass that maybe it flew off of the golem or something. But he's kind of over where Relop is and he's holding the shield in front of him. And you keep hearing little, you know, like hail hitting a window or something, trying to protect himself. Okay, and I heard Zan say go for the caster and saw her take off towards the tunnel. Yeah. Because Gapo told us what the tunnel on the other side was, right? He just said that it's basically a tunnel. It does lead towards the dragon, but it's not immediate. Sure. It sounds like there's a lot of tunnel. Okay. Tell Gapo to stay down. I'll be back. And I'm going to cast Dimension Door. Uh, Let's go 80 into the tunnel. Okay. Let me just roll a percentile. You're just trying. Are you just trying to appear in front of that mate? That spell. Pretty much. He's just trying to get as far as he can. You know. Trying to get it. All right. So I think what I'm gonna say is you cast you cast it, and it's descended a little bit. So you're fine. When you appear, you're not exactly on your feet, right? Like it's like you you sort of drop. Oh, okay. A foot or two and sort of stumble a little bit, and you can see Zan. She's you at 80 feet. You know what? She's actually probably you. Yeah, you see her. I was, see him pop up in front of you, and just sort of drop down to the ground, and <laughs> keep running. If I see Rebo, I'm running that direction. Yeah, I mean, it, it luckily has only been one. Yeah, I was gonna say tunnel. it's been around, so hopefully I can see him. But Hold. I'm gonna follow Zan's lead. I use my bonus action to disengage, so I'm not getting a free strike from <laughs> any of the, them. Good idea. Yeah. <laughs> and then. Take it off after the spellcaster. Okay. Uh, Merc. So I'm going to attack the first Padrack. Does a 17 hit? Yeah. And 11 points of damage. Is it down? Yep. Splat that Okay. Attack the second one. 24 to hit. Hit. And 12 points of damage. Dead. And then on a turn that I reduce a creature to 0 HP, I can take a bonus action to make one additional attack. I would like to do that. I guess the third one. 17 to hit. Hits. And 12 points of damage. All right. Three Padraks just completely slaughtered in a couple of quick moves. And you look back at poor little Gapo, like, looking up from that shield, like, oh! Get back! (laughs) (laughs) All right. That was going to be the Kobold's turn. They're not going. Zan, there's a T-intersection. Ugh. And, well, and Relop's stolen away, but it's your turn. As I made that run, did I see him go one way or the other? No, you were fighting for, like, he, he had time to just book it. Okay, so I will go, how far is it to the T-intersection? Like, you'd be able to get to it this turn. Okay, and, so she'll run up the T-intersection another. and glance both ways. Okay, make a dex check. Sure. Or a dex save, I should say. Dex save. Ten. So, a snare catches your leg and pulls you up out of sight from Relop. Like, literally, like, far <laughs> enough up to where he doesn't see you anymore. Okay. <laughs> Doesn't hurt you, but you basically just got caught in a snare on the way there. Okay. Can I use my sword to cut the rope that I'm attached to? I mean, you will take a fall if you do that. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. If you want to cut it, go ahead. All right. I'll cut it. But you're going to drop a story at least. (laughs) Sure. Let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) She's going to like, oh, this is stupid. And she's going to cut it and then try to brace. See if she can roll (laughs) with it a little bit. All right. So Relop, you see her disappear. 
And then just as you're almost getting up to the intersection yourself, she drops down again. And she kind of lands in a little bit of a slump in front of you. Oh, um, God. Ah. It's 19 points of bludgeoning damage. Oof. Okay. She'll take it. And I'll knock your... Yeah, wait, the most of it, most of it kind of rolled into your shoulder, but it hurt. Oh, all right. And she's going to kind of glance around while laying on the ground, trying to see where this guy is. All right. He's kind of far away, but you see him yeah. off to... The, it would have been your right. She's going to point her um, sword he, that way. He, that way. You kind of do, like, when you look, it's not him just standing there or running. He's literally, like, peeking over a corner. Okay. And then darts away. As soon as he sees you, he, he moves again. Yeah. Lucan. Lucan's going to take a swing at this golem. 17 to hit. 17 will not hit that golem. All right, take another swing at it. A 20 to hit. 20 will hit. Divine Smite at level 2. Okay. 24 points of damage. Bam. Again, it seems to be losing some of its gold, but it's still hanging in there. It is going to pull itself back together. It's kind of making that shape again. It's now on the other side of you. Filled the room and now it's coalesced on the backside and it's gonna to try to push you into the hole. Oh, and it misses. So you see it almost disappear on you for a second and then you feel this pressure behind you. You recognize what's happening, right? This bar of lights coming up from the hole in front of you. And so you just sort of take a step over the hole. You know, it's, it's not huge. So you basically move out of the way, kind of almost like a dodge from it as it tries okay. to push you in. It is also going to take a strike at Merc. Merc, you take 33 bludgeoning as this gold just kind of shoots into you. It's like high pressure, you know, like hydraulic power or something, just like Relop, it's your turn. You just got pointed the direction where he was. So when you turn the corner, you don't immediately see him, but Zan just told you where you're going. Okay. But when you you run that direction, there's kind of a long tunnel and then he's not in it. So maybe there is a side turn, you know, like if you're trying to figure out, can I like blink again into the tunnel? Probably not. Gonna go ahead and all out sprint. So that's going to be 25 feet. And then if I still don't see him, it's going to be another 25 feet in that direction. Okay. 25 feet definitely gets you to the intersection. So you, you kind oh, of get okay. to that corner and you can turn. Like, you you know, it's a little bit hard to see at first, but as soon as sure. you get close enough to it. So about 25 feet is actually where you would get to that. And so when you turn, you can see him moving down the tunnel. Okay. I'm going to pull out a cocoon and cast polymorph. Okay. 60 feet down range. Yeah, so, yeah that'd be, that would do it. Wisdom 17. Oh, he's got a minus on his wisdom. Oh. Right, what, are you, what, are you, what are you turning him into? Turtle. Okay. <laughs> and a little turtle over there. After I cast it, I put my hands over my head and just kind of... <laughs> <laughs> you need to do more cardio. <laughs> I'm a wizard. wizard. I don't do cardio. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Hulk, it's your turn. So I see this guy running down that way to catch you, up. Yeah, so you, and I managed yeah, so you to get, get turn into a turtle. Because you were a little bit behind, right? Like, so you're, I would imagine you're kind of just getting to where Zan is getting herself up. All right. Yeah, I guess I'm going to help her get up. Oh, I think I dislocated my shoulder again. Uh, right. I'm sorry, I can't help you there. <laughs> Go help Relop. Right, start running after Relop then. Sure. But I guess we see Relap at the end of the hallway just standing in the intersection with his with hands his, on his yeah. head. Hands on <laughs> just his head. standing there, like, not doing anything. He's doing that thing at the end of the sprint, trying to get yeah, out of the air. I've got one hand on my hip and the other hand leaning against the uh, side of the <laughs> That's a great visual. I love it. Stretching his legs right. back. 
pulling uh, one leg back, running the other leg to him, I guess. <laughs> you guys, <laughs> you guys never noticed his awesome. His boots all have these three stripes on the side. They're very stylish running mm-hmm. shoes. Mm-hmm. All well, right, what makes it go faster? Uh, Merc, it's your turn. We still got an elemental going on. Yeah, I'm gonna take a swing at that guy. Just like a big overhand chop. Nothing special. Twenty nine to hit. I'll hit. Seventeen points of damage. There is half the gold on this thing that there was initially. I'll do it again. Twenty three to hit. I'll hit. And then I am going to uh, do a menacing attack. So it's a DC sixteen wisdom save, or it's frightened of me. Eighteen points of damage. You hit it, and it feels like. You caught like a big chunk, you know, it was solid for a second. And it before you even get the sword all the way through, it's almost as though somebody just threw a bunch of coin in the air. Like it just sort of all drops lifelessly and bounces around. Some of it's fallen down into the garbage pit and it's gone. Just got uh, pilgrim this thing. Yeah. Lucan yeah. turns to Merc and then Lucan pats him on the back and says, I softened him up for you. <laughs> Whatever makes you feel better, guy. So you're standing uh, in a room, still has this pillar of light coming from below, a lot of coin in the room. Can I see how far down the globe is? It's probably about eh, 12 feet. It's on a bunch of garbage, but there is something moving around down there and crunching on bones and garbage and things like that. Hmm. Khan's going to hold his hand to his chest and there's a glow and heal himself 60. That lane That's on- gets serious after a while. <laughs> I'm going to do a uh, second wind. So are, I'm assuming that Relop and Zan and Hulk will probably come back to the rest of them. Yep, carrying a turtle. Zan's going to cast Cure Wounds on herself and then attempt to reset her dislocated shoulder by basically slamming it into the side of the wall and getting it back in the socket. So you hear her scream down the hallway in pain. Uh, I rode back. She's echoing. <laughs> and I'm back to full hit points. Hold when you come back into the room, you see in the mess that there is a necklace, that choker that you wear, mm-hmm. that looks just like yours. And then you realize it's yours. It's laying among the, the gold and all that stuff. Well, that's mine. Grab that right away. I, I guess he didn't tell us. Well, you see him pick up his necklace, right? Like, and he's putting it back on. He said, that's mine. <laughs> <laughs> I pat myself down and see if I have everything that belongs to me then. You're missing your hugger mugger ring. Ah, great. Uh, (laughs) Can somebody help me find this ring? Is there a fair amount of, like, gold and silver and stuff just littered all over this place, or...? Yeah, there's platinum in the room. Also, Relop, can you uh, reach down to that chute and grab my drift globe out of there? Yeah, let me go ahead and cast, uh detect magic so that we can start gathering all our items here. Khan will start asking around to see if everybody's okay. Anybody need build up at all? Or You see Zan kind of stretching her shoulder out and kind of rolling it around going, no, I'm fine. But she has a rope around her ankle with a little like loose rope tied off to the side <laughs> of her. <laughs> he just kind of looks at you and is like, so, huh. Alright. Yeah. <laughs> Padrack trapped and just kind of starts cutting the rope off of her leg. I see you got out of it. He laughs a little bit. <laughs> find the hugger mugger ring it glows and so you find it among the mix there's a lot of gold and, and platinum so we'll have you sort of you know i'm assuming you're going to scoop that into various bags and so mm-hmm. we'll just go ahead and give that to you right now so we know what we're walking out of here with sure you can salvage about nine thousand gold pieces <sighs> and there's you know there's coppers and whatnot in there too but we'll just sort of go with what yeah i'm fine with that and then 
1750 for platinum so seven or 1750 platinum you also find a lot of like little trinkets and stuff lots of it's like kind of garbage like there's obviously there's good stuff in here you just walk out with a lot of coin but there's a lot of just gems that aren't worth anything you know because these guys just like shinies right boom to gappa yeah like he likes them yeah you do find six blue spinel that are actually worth 500 gold pieces each like you recognizes their worth and grabs it and from the detect magic spell it's kind of lodged into a crevice in the side of the room but the detect magic spell makes it glow and there's an arrow just a single arrow almost jewel encrusted like that's the way it it just it's very full of shinies and it looks kind of old that maybe been here a while or was made long ago and Rayloff, I'm going to save you the time because you'll identify it, right? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of mm-hmm. standard. <laughs> it's an arrow of dragon slaying. Thank you for listening to this episode of D4 on the Floor. Please check out our D4 on the Floor website at d4onthefloor.com. That's the letter D, the number 4, onthefloor.com for more great gaming content. Mm. Oh, we hear you right now. All right. Dulcet lance noises. Dulcet, dulcet tones. Dulcet tones. No, dulcet lance noises. That's weird. And it I was meant to be Magnificent monotones. Monotone? <laughs> I've got range, buddy. <laughs> the velvety tones of Lance ring slowly to in my <laughs> Yeah, I figured it. How about magnanimous? There you go. Magnificent magmus. <laughs> magmus. 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 language. This is Relop's brother. We're talking about. Pretty <laughs> insensitive. <laughs> hey, I'm the GM. I'm the one that killed him, right? I know. <laughs> what do you expect, brother? Yeah, of course, one. You know. He's, uh, you know, just telling us that he's going to leave. That comes through perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was noticing that. Describing the scene with... <laughs> Very well. I, sh- I will be leaving this afternoon. I shall return presently, forthwith. All right. Can you hear me now? Yes. What if I say this? Sounds good. <laughs> I okay. heard you just fine. You're a robot. We're not Mark going to be trying to be stealthy at all. We're just updated to go right in. Yet. Yeah, Hudson doesn't like any other way of attacking, so that's the way we're doing it. Uh, the hell? <laughs> they just die? <laughs> Get this over with? Coming <laughs> out? Start a new campaign. That's how, that's how painful this is. Let's <laughs> make a sneaky person next time. <laughs> I give it up. I also am going to point out, I don't really feel like this is a scenario where it's like, let's sneak up and see how many of them we can slit their throats on first makes no sense there's 12 of them why would we not sneak up because we have double fireball they're just gonna die horribly maybe <laughs> yeah, maybe Eric has seen that before it's just like oh yeah like basically it just murders everything let's just do that i mean Merc's stick though is always like yeah no stealth don't care yep yeah we That's try to create some sort of elaborate plan and then Merc's like get door kick <laughs> and it happens every time Merc, you lead the, the way thing- the thing is, is you the plants the are too time. I will. <laughs> to be fair, it has worked a lot of the time. But well, it's worked every time. But <laughs> I really want those one hundred and thirty something hit points to go to zero tonight. I'm just saying. I know. I know. It's gonna be Please, karma, and just... it's gonna be so delicious when it happens. But, but uh, yeah. and it's gonna happen from all the fireballs. <laughs> yeah, from the fireballs. 
what's gonna happen is McConnell just go down. <laughs> yeah, you know, like I don't think this is a good idea, but okay, and you do it, then you die and Merc is fine. Yeah, He's like, there's no repercussions at all. I can just do whatever I want. I'm basically a god. Just start every sentence with dur. Trying to start every sentence with filler words, so you are a filler all word. Right. Mm. My mom tells me. Wow. Like a half elf woman. <laughs> oh jeez! Like stares at you for a second. Glares. Like, I'm sorry. What? Wow. And say that, you goof. <laughs> Everybody there. Yep. We're just waiting for Mark. He's rolling the initiative on 15 different things. So <laughs> that room is packed with bad guys. Every square is filled with enemies. And they're considered small, so you can really just pack them in there. Yep. 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 Yep.